Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face episode 284. We are back. It's been the longest layover for the holidays ever for me, but I finally made it back to Los Angeles, and my good friend Matt Kyle is here already. Mm. You uh, you have a good holiday break, Matt? Uh, yeah, I wasn't trapped in Pennsylvania, so, <laughs> so it was all right. Yeah, for some of you guys who don't follow me on Twitter, you may be like, what the hell is Shane talking about? I was trapped in Pennsylvania um, for a good week and a half. Just like everyone else in Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's how I felt before I left there. <laughs> That's pretty good. And I'll say this, being there as long as I was reminded me of why yeah. I no longer want to live there. Yeah. Welcome back to the hell of California. <laughs> I'm sure you want to get out so yeah. you can. Oh, I definitely wanted to get back here. It's terrible here. Don't move here. Yeah. Uh, but my apology is completely... We have enough cars. <laughs> it was completely out of my control. Um, so we flew out to the East Coast on Alaska Airlines. They are stationed in... Uh, Seattle, mm. and Seattle got pounded with snow, which doesn't happen very often. Yeah. But they couldn't get their planes out, and so our and then they lost all their staff was out because they all had COVID, um, and so we couldn't get a flight out. And our flight kept getting canceled and canceled. I had a rental car the entire time, and I had to just keep paying for the rental car the whole time I was there. That bill ended up being outrageous. Finally, Alaska Airlines just bought us tickets on United Airlines for thirteen hundred dollars a piece to get us home because they're like. We don't know when we're going to be able to get you back out. So we're just going to buy you flight seats on another airline and sorry. And that's how we finally got back is that Alaska Airlines bought us tickets on United to fly home. Good times. The other thing, too, is that um, and I'm sure people probably share this story wherever they live at this point. But my town of Carlisle, PA, was completely eaten up by COVID. Everybody had COVID. Everyone. I didn't go anywhere for like two and a half weeks. Like all my friends there were like, sorry, man, I'm sick. Or my brother's sick or my kids are sick or my mom is sick or my dad. It was just insane. Test, like it was impossible to find tests in that little town. Um, I finally figured out a pattern of like, okay, this drugstore puts out its stock at 1 p.m. This one puts it out at 3 p.m. And I would just be there uh, because people in my family also got COVID. Um, a lot of them actually. And my wife's side of the family got COVID and some of them still have it. Um, so it was hell. It was hashtag COVID Christmas. Um, I didn't do anything. And like usually every year I take my Switch with me when I go home for the holidays. This year I was like, I'm not taking it because I usually take it and never play it because I'm just like chop, 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 hustle, bustle, go shopping. Here's Christmas. Go see my dad's side of the family. Mm -hmm. Come back. Fly out. I don't have time to play games. Oh, my God. I wish that I had a gaming console <laughs> so bad. And I had nothing. So I just sat there and watched my mom's favorite television shows, which are like Judge Judy and like. <laughs> Hashtag COVID Christmas. Hopefully you guys had a much better holiday season than I did. Matt, you had a good holiday though, right? Yeah. I mean, also like I didn't see too many people because, you know, because what was going on. What's going on, on here too. Yeah, yeah. I was in San Francisco and uh, everyone in San Francisco is being pretty smart. So mm -hmm. I saw some people. We went to an outdoor restaurant kind of thing. Um, some people are out of town. Mm -hmm. But, um, uh, yeah, like, and also, like, the cases there were still real low. Like, the Bay Area is kind of doing way better than even L.A. is. Mm -hmm. um, L.A. is kind of a disaster right now Yep. Um, in that regard. Although, when you like, like, we're the only people in here right now, yeah. by the way. Although, when you do the math, it's, it's <laughs> 0.004% right. of the population. It's like, yeah. I, I, one of my doctor friends uh, in Las Vegas uh, put it as, um, uh, imagine if your life depended on meeting one of those people. Right. How hard it would be to run into them. 
So yeah. he's like, so he's like, just wear the good masks. Yeah, <laughs> that was his whole thing. Yeah, right now, like, um, like our studio is in an office suite with another company and a bunch of offices around us, and we're like the only ones in here today. Yeah, the four hundred five was there was no traffic on it today. It's kind of gone back you, to the way it was. Yeah, in there's March. a little, there's a, there's a, there's a March twenty eight. Hell, um, so like we did cancel like a group movie thing, uh, like the weekend I w- I came back, uh. But then my friend, who usually hosts that stuff, was like, "Oh, well, you want to go? Like, get, uh, get, get like dinner or something. We'll go to one, like, you know, one of the places we usually go that has like outdoor patio stuff." And so I'm like, "Yeah, we do." And he called to get reservations, and they're like, "Oh, we're not, we're close. Like, we're not taking in, in you know, even outdoor dining right now. It's mm-hmm. too, it's too bad." And I'm like, "Wow, like." Omicron really bringing back the March 2020 vibes right now. That's the way it feels to me. It feels yeah. like it's March 2020. All Except over we're now. not going to do anything about it, and we're all just going to get it. Yeah, so. that's what seems to be the prevailing. Like it's worse now than it was when we shut down. Right, and the well, they're not doing anything. We, government should be paying people to stay home and work from home and deal with these things, but uh, nope. not going to happen. One of my friends up north, uh, she's a teacher, and uh, they finally shut her school down and are doing remote, you know, dis- remote learning now after like weeks of wanting. To, they have 150 cases. Jeez. Just the it's students like that in school, and they, like that's that almost that's almost a third of the school. I know it's ridiculous. Yep. So hopefully you guys are all staying safe. I managed to not get it, even though yeah. the whole side of my wife's family got it, and everyone in town had it. I avoided it. I still haven't had COVID. Yeah, you as, far as, I, as far as I know, I. I, I feel like we're in the minority now. Um, we will be eventually. I mean, we're probably all gonna get you know, like eventually at some point. I mean, it'll become. It's clearly going to end up being endemic. It's yeah. going to be like the Spanish flu, where you know one of the flu strains we get today is descended from, from the Spanish, Spanish flu. flu yeah. It's just not the one that killed fifty million people. It's a more yes, kind of Omicron's the, the example of it is like the more generally with viruses, the more contagious it gets, the less deadly it gets. Yeah, it's very that's rare. what happened with this. It's very rare to see them both go up. So <clears> this <throat> is yep. probably a, a preview of sort of what yearly COVID will be, and you're going to have to get some like a equivalent of a flu shot, and that'll be that. Yep. Um, also, remember, like I know people talk about like the pandemic stuff. Oh, when the pandemic stuff was like, like if you're under forty, and we aren't, but if you're under forty, you have never lived in non-pandemic times, and that pandemic is called AIDS, HIV. Like yeah. it doesn't end. Yeah. Like it, it didn't end. Yeah. It thirty plus million people have died yeah. from that, yeah. and like, yeah, we found you don't really think about it anymore because yeah? there's treatments. Yeah. yeah. And there's treatments for COVID too now, which and there will I be. Think There'll will be help. more and more as yeah. you go on. You know, there's, yeah. there'll be pills that you can. You know, the treatments for actual having it. You know, that those those antivirals will get better, and that's just how we'll deal with it. Yep. Yeah, Hopefully, you is, guys are doing okay. You're all safe and healthy, and you guys had a good holiday season. Did you get anything fun for Christmas, Matt? Anything good? Um, I got a bunch of board games. Yeah. Um, some of which I have and have not been able to play because part of the problem was like the board. A couple of the board. You need games other people. <laughs> yeah, I had other people because I was in the house with my my. Two gener- right, three right. generations of my family, you know, yeah. my mom and my sister and her family and her kids. And so we, we did play a lot of stuff, but a lot of the games I asked for are literally too big to fit on the table they have. So I'm like, <laughs> I'll just play that when I get home. You know? um, but uh, some of that, I got a making of book about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is a nice cool. coffee table thing. Yep. Um, cookies. Anything gaming related? No. Me either, really. Well, oh, I'm, I'm, I got no. That's not true. I my, got an extension cable, a USB C extension cable for my Switch nice. for the power cord. <laughs> uh, my brother-in-law gave me a gaming laptop that he an, oh. ex, an extra one he had. <laughs> Just lying around. He, he's kind of gotten into like buying deep discount stuff. He's you know he, he picks up those graphics cards you can't find. He gets right. PS5s and Xbox Series Xs and re, resells them at, on re, at retail to people who want them. Like he's uh, he, he calls it Robin Hooding. 
Huh? Like he he just so he was basically he hates scalpers so he's like I'm yeah. gonna get stuff and resell Fight the it scalpers. for no Fight the power. Uh, but yeah. he had an extra one because he's getting one for one of his friends as a gift and he couldn't find a high end one and I think he found a, lo- a medium one so he's always getting that and then he found a high end one just in time for Christmas he's like I don't need that if you want that so, wow and I hadn't brought any game systems or anything up so I'm just like yeah I guess I'll play some Steam stuff on yeah. it so now I'm thinking this, it's actually good enough that I think I might be able to hook it directly into the HDMI feed on my living room and play PC games on Steam in the living room on that yeah. without having to drag my desktop out because I think it's actually at least as powerful as my six-year-old desktop <laughs> at this point. So. Um, I got a bike, nice. which I need, and now that my I'm pretty well recouped from my knee surgery, I still have some pain here and there, but I'm doing pretty good. Um, and they said biking is probably one of the best things to do for, to mm. rehab my knee. So I got a bicycle, um, and I got a new pair of Doc Martens, and that's pretty much it. That's enough. I'm totally cool with yeah. it. So. It was a good Christmas that in that way, but every other way it was pretty awful. Um, <laughs> let's let's jump into the chat here, actually. And uh, all the hype train's already at level five. Awesome! It looks like you guys are happy to to have us back. That makes me feel good. Um, let's thank people for Twitch Prime because this is the first show of 2022. So a lot of you guys, it's all turned over for you folks. Oh wow, the chat's going bonkers already. Look at this, it's crazy. Okay, Wampler 13, thank you. Corey Film, thank you. Don Lionheart, thank you. Commander Fett, thank you. Minority Games. Um, Justin Horman, thank you for subscribing. Mr. 60, the Surly Mexican, Lynn, Jeff Lynn, how you doing, man? Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Fire Native, thank you for Twitch Prime. Andy T. Monahan, Johnny Hurricane, thank you. Johnny, I hope you had a great holiday season. Um, Dej VG777, I always get that wrong. Maybe someday I'll figure out how to say it. And thank you for the Happy New Year uh, comment. Um, anything else? Andy Monahan, thank you for gifting subs to our audience. That's incredible. Um, times, times any, thank you for the tier one sub. This is awesome. Jose Holiday, thank you for the bits. Oh, wow, we just hit the level train, the hype train. I'm going to send out the emotes for that. Um, who else? Mitch Sikorsky, thank you, Mitch, for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Um, Tiny2K, thank you. Toast9, thank you. Manicore, thank you. This is awesome. It's like the most Twitch Prime we ever got. Tiny2K, thank you for the bits. Texture Glitch, thank you. Surf Spider, thank you. This is awesome. Thanks, guys. This is incredible. Metal Gear Jimmy, thank you for Twitch Prime. Incredible. This is a good way to get back. I really, really appreciate that, guys. Um, Let's see. We have a good show for you guys today. We've been gone so long. So much stuff has happened. Um, we've kind of taken some of the stuff that happened and like consolidated them into topics where they're all kind of a like-minded uh, subject um, to try to organize the show a little bit because so much it's crazy how much stuff did happen during mm-hmm. the down. Yeah, not a lot time. came out, but a lot. Yeah, of the, I haven't played like anything because <laughs> there's nothing that came out. The gunk, I the think. The gunk is the only yeah. And we'll maybe talk about that on next week's show. Um, also, on next week's show, we'll start talking about the fantasy league. So, sifted fantasy challenge, totally coming back. Um, Matt and I will do our draft probably next week as well. Uh, the, the episode of Game Face will probably be a little shorter, which I don't think will be a problem right now. Um, and then we'll do our fantasy draft next week. And then we'll probably be ready to launch the Sifted Fantasy Challenge for 2022 as well. Um, what else? Well, we'll do our predictions for 2022 in next week's episode. Um, and then one final note, a little bit of bad news, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> So just as I had left for the holidays, I got an email from our landlord, and he told me that, once again, they are selling the building to one company, and everybody here has to be out. Um, Initially, they told me that it was going to be February 1st that we had to be out of the studio, which sucks because I was stuck back there, and I was like, well, 
That gives me like two and a half weeks to find a new studio. We were going to basically just be homeless for a while until we found one. Um, but now we were just told that it may last until March or April. Um, so we have a little bit more time here in the studio, but eventually it looks like we're going to get booted out because someone's buying this whole gigantic building that we're in. Uh, and they're just going to take it over for their own company. So that was bad news to go into the holidays with. And then all the COVID stuff happened. It's just been insane. It feels good to be back here yeah. doing game phase. Talking As I saw people. on uh, Twitter, there was somebody, I can't remember what her name was, but she said, uh, she's like, I've basically been, I, been. I just need to get through this weaking it for like two years. Yeah, that's how it feels. <laughs> yeah. Yep, so I'm bummed, man. I love this studio. Um, show looks great from here, um, but it's out of our hands. There's nothing we can really do. If they sell the building, we can't just squat here and <laughs> refuse to leave. We'll do a live stream where I just refuse to leave the yeah. studio, and they're trying to come in. And they're like trying to shove me out. Or then try caster off, off your phone <laughs> hotspot. <laughs> I could maybe do that, actually. Um, so anyway, that's a little bit of bad news. Um, it's been a crazy three weeks since we last talked to you guys. Just so much stuff has happened. And that's going to be reflected in the show today. So like I said, next week, Fantasy Drafts, Sit to Fantasy Challenge, our big predictions episode of Game Face. Uh, and maybe there'll be a couple games to talk about. Yeah. Um, we're also doing 2022 previews today. We're starting the 2022 previews. Uh, we're going to knock out the big three today. We're going to talk about Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. Uh, their 2022 outlook um, and then next week we'll tackle pc and third party publishers as well so well, and since uh since listeved is in uh the chat i did bring the uh the uh ls cream ah. bottle to a, a pre-christmas gathering and it was a huge hit awesome so uh i think uh i think we so i think we sold some more bottles yeah listeved um, i don't know if you noticed or not but um I took a bottle to Pactor before we shot the last round of Pactor Factor, and he took it and put it in the background of the shot for every episode. So your mm. liquor is sitting right behind him on the shelf for every episode of Pactor Factor. Um, like, all, all told, like 20-some episodes. So, um, yeah, love to give you a little bit of love, and hopefully mm-hmm. uh, you're doing well with your business and everything. And with that, I think we got to get going, because we do, we do have a big show today, believe it or not. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to get to. Um, and probably the biggest story, at least the one that's been generating the most discussion over the last week and a half, is the fact that, once again, E3 has basically been canceled. Um, it's going to a digital-only event this year again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be just like the last couple of years, which I think most people would argue have been pretty big disappointments. I think the big question everyone's asking, though, Matt, is, is E3 dead? Yes. You think it is? Yep. I mean, by that afternoon... You had people as big as Neil Druckmann eulogizing. I saw that. I saw his tweet. Like, like every, an old like, picture of him when he was like 12 yeah, or something. Yeah, that was, was bizarre, with the, dude. Yeah, he's uh, a young boy. Yeah, but, um, it's crazy. No, nah, it's uh, with, with Elijah Wood, I think it was. Yeah, yeah that's and, who it was, yeah. Uh, also a young boy. <laughs> he also looked like a um, child. Still <laughs> a young boy. He still looks boy, like a child, really. yeah. <laughs> um, man's got good genes. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, like like... The, the like real like real prominent devs were like eulogizing E3 by that afternoon, especially after Jeff sort of moved in and sort of said that we're still doing doing a Judges Week for Summer Games show and said so, like this is Jeff's chance basically to it because E3 has no announcements for dig, a digital presence yet. Well, I think they said they're doing now it they digital. did, but then yeah. they did they did not announce that alongside their we aren't doing it in person thing and and Keeley kind of took the opportunity uh, as he is wont to do. Um, I Don't think, Campbell him for that. No, at all. I think this is a, this is a big opening for him. Yeah, um, and even you know, even if it did come back in person next year, 
it's been four years. That's really hard to believe. Yeah. Since in, in person E three, the last time the last time I was at E three, they had Lego Star. Wait, no, it's still, <laughs> yeah. still not out. It was just on the cusp of releasing. <laughs> um, oh, that's funny. No, it's uh, yeah. I don't know what you even like. I think we've proven without a sh- beyond a shadow of a doubt that you don't need an in person E three to get your. Well, I mean, you can done. certainly get by, and the yeah. industry can do fine without it. Yep. Um, that's so, I mean, sure. they could bring it back as, like, a PAX sort of community thing, but that's about the They only... tried that already. E for all, remember? No, I mean, like, now that, they, now that they let the public in and yeah. stuff, like, they could do that. But, like, you've already lost EA. Microsoft is barely there. They're across the street. But, like, you know, Sony's not going anymore. Uh, like Nintendo's still there. Nintendo's still there, but, like... Which is a big deal. Activision might as well not be there. Uh, like, I don't see the point anymore. Like that, like that show. What it was isn't there anymore, and like they haven't replaced it with the activity and the, you know, it's not, it's not like Comic Con where like if San Diego Comic Con, if all the, the the big companies pull out of that, you've still got the core of what Comic Con was. You know, Comic Con was a gathering of comic fans who wanted to trade comics and talk about comics and get everybody in the comic industry in the same place and sort of do that for for a few days. And you know, E three is a business expo and always has been, like. You get you get rid of like kind of the the big business corporate hype of E3. That's what E3 is. You get rid of the big corporate hype for San Diego Comic Con. It's still the core of it is still what San Diego Comic Con started as. Yeah, you could go back to that, but E3 doesn't have that core. E3 is the hype. So if you get rid of all the companies that show up to bring the hype, what's there? Nothing. It's just the convention center. You know. It, and it's not, without even the whimsy of Kensha Hall anymore, like you know, like the the personality's gone at that point, and I just don't see that. I don't see what 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 it gains anyone anymore. So when you say dead, do you say do you mean dead in your heart, or do you mean it's not going to happen? Oh, E three's been dead in my heart for a long time now. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean that uh, if the ESA insists on bringing it back, it's going to be a puppeteered zombie. I think the ESA is going to do it. Probably I think they'll they're bring gonna, it back. I mean, they're going to see it as a revenue stream. It's right. not gonna, you know, you can still get the public. You know, there's certain segments of the public dumb enough to spend the amount of money that they need to come to that thing for a couple more years before they realize people wise up and stop doing it. But uh, the ESA is going to milk those people for every cent they're worth. So they got a couple years of that left in them. But in terms of like what E3 used to be and what E3 you expect it to be, I don't think so. So how does that look, though, Matt? So I, I do I think believe... it looks like E for all. <laughs> I mean, I do believe that ESA is going to try to do an in-person E3 as soon as it can. Um, it is like big, basically the biggest revenue driver for the organization of the entire year. So it's going to try it. Mm-hmm. Um, but how does that look then when you still have Jeff doing Summer Games Fest alongside it? Does it, How does that all work? It just looks like Game Awards in June. That's it. No, I'm not talking about Jeff's thing. I'm talking about E3. Yeah. Like if Jeff is pulling everything for Summer Games yeah. Fest, where, is, where does that leave E3? E for all. Yeah. It means, it means people are going to be hawking like – force feedback vests and joysticks and the real games are going to be somewhere else. Where do you think that, I mean, do you think Jeff is going to rent a location to have like a legit convention or I think, I think Jeff will do a big show stage show probably once things settle down a little bit, but for now digital. Yeah. Um, I think he will just do a big show. It'll be like the game awards except without awards. It'll be what the game awards probably should be if they're being honest. Right. Right. But if you, you know, he's already positioned the summer show as sort of like we're just going to get excited about video games, yeah, and so you don't need the excuse of the game awards. Um, 
and you've already kind of got the implication of being having things budgeted to be shown and demoed in the middle of the year and people to travel to LA for what used to be E3 if you if he can kind of make that pivot and make it so instead of people traveling from Japan to show their game off at E3 they're traveling from Japan to show their game off at his summer games fest um don't you have to have a destination for that well he would have an actual physical stage show for yeah. that yeah it would be an actual I, I wouldn't be this year. So do you think Jeff would ultimately kind of morph Summer Game Fest into, like, a chain of press conferences? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah? Like a, like a, like a week. So it, he would take Imagine ownership. Coachella for video games with no no public allowed. <laughs> so he would take ownership over something that's never been owned before. Because here's actually one thing I'm not sure of, and maybe you know. I, I do not. How were the press conference han- han- conferences handled at E3? Were they even related to the ESA, or no. did I, I, as far I as knew. I know, they were independently organized? That's what by I each thought, company. but I never knew that 100. percent Like yeah. if they it had just, it, just all happened because they, you know, that's why anyone can have a press conference. Any, you know, that's why Bethesda suddenly had a press conference one year because they decided to pay for it. Yeah, that's it. You don't need permission from the ESA for that. So Jeff would be taking ownership over something that has never been owned before, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the publishers would be okay with that? Um. I mean, they seem pretty okay with it at the Game Awards. Yeah, with debuting their stuff on his stage. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just marketing. Yeah, that's all it is. If really. there's one thing you can trust Jeff Keighley with, is marketing. What about so? Right now, we're seeing the line at the Nintendo booth. What about Nintendo? I think I feel like Nintendo places more value in E3, obviously, than the other big two. The other two have left. I mean, Microsoft is across the street, but mm-hmm. and it's still at the show, but it's not on the floor. Nintendo has continued to have this big presence at E3. It's always the busiest booth at the show, lines all the way around the convention center. Do you see Nintendo turning this back on that? What do you mean? Just as far as like being able to reach out to the fans and have that connection with their fans. No. And they, they know that they can do the direct and they get it the same as they, they would with everything else. But what I'm saying is this is different, though. This is a physical person-to-person connection. Where they don't they, care. Yeah. You don't think? No. I think of the big three, it might be the one that would. No. If they cared, they would probably move to the Well, then why bank. haven't they left E3 already? Because they don't want to spend that kind of money. Wait, what? They're happy with kind of being in this location that's organized for, you know, organized for them. The ESA, they pay the ESA, and they've got their booth, and they've got their stuff, and they just move their stuff in that's already built for things. They know how big it is. They know what the, the space they work with is. If you want to branch out of that, you got to go find another venue in the city. you got to go pay for it. you got to negotiate for that. you got to make – like, it's easier to just do that. Like, they don't care about having control over that. Microsoft and Sony did. Uh, and EA did rather. Yeah. And Sony didn't care at all. Sony just left. Um, it's you know it's way simpler to do that. And also for a company that is so focused in Japan, you know their their management is so Japan centric. You're trying to arrange that like, overseas at that point, or through a middleman at Nintendo of America, and like it's just more trouble than it's worth. And it's probably going to cost more than it would cost whatever they pay e- ESA every year. So I think it's just simpler for them to continue to have that presence rather than they don't really care that much. And as long as there's no trouble for them, they'll keep doing it. But if it does become trouble, they'll just say, we're just going to do a direct and that'll be that. Because in the end, the direct reaches millions of people and that booth reaches a few thousand. Yeah. So I mean, one thing I will say, too, is that there is trickle down of all this stuff. Like if there's no E3, publications will lose a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, just speaking from experience, we'd make probably 30% of our revenue for well, the except, entire year well, from except E3. now you'd make that from covering the Summer Games event. I don't know, man. That's, I think that's a tough sell to companies is if you're trying to get marketing dollars from them. Hey, there's this thing that kind of starts and stops for like three weeks, yeah, and there's, like, well, there's no three, physical well, location. The thing is like Jeff there's would no have stage to, for us to put Jeff your logos would have to, on. Jeff would have to condense it, and there will be a stage eventually. 
like you know not this year but like when things settle down i think jeff will do it because he likes doing big theater yeah. shows and in-person stuff it just wouldn't be a convention don't you just think it's kind of like cutting the cord where people freak out and they rebel and they make huge changes to something and then ultimately it just kind of all comes back full circle and are we just going to see jeff basically throwing e3 in five years like somewhat, I mean, because cutting the cord was like a big thing. Now I'm to the point where I'm like, but all I don't, these services I'm paying for, I'm actually maybe paying more now than I did for direct TV or cable. Right, but he's not going to be throwing a giant convention in a convention center. He's going to be doing what E3 used to be, which is the businesses come together and do their business and show their wares, and we happen to get to look at it. Um, I think. Do you think conventions are just gone? Period. No, I think. Then this why? Is, why is E3 the odd man out? Because E3 is not a convention; it's an expo. And the, the idea of the public attending has always been an oddball. And is, the idea of crowds being at E3 has always been a byproduct of what E3 became. And many people would argue that E3 should never have become that. Um, it was always an expo. That's what the E stands for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what it was for marketing and retailers and everybody to meet together and see the next year's products and make their deals and make their purchases. I mean, it's no di- different than CES, which is what it spawned off of. Yeah. It was originally a part of CES. But CES still... See, I mean, it just had it, shockingly. Right. right. Well, <laughs> it Vegas, seems like it's not. Vegas is the honey badger of convention <laughs> locations right now. It doesn't care. It doesn't give a shit. It seems um, like some people still think conventions are a good idea. I think or expos, I, I do think conventions and expos are a good idea. Just not this one. Okay. Because that's what I'm. What's that's different what, about it? This seems like a shit. The ESA be... is a bunch of shitheads. <laughs> okay. It's a terribly run convention. <laughs> it's a terribly run event that has become less and less relevant, that has been refusing to change with the times, that is run by a dinosaur of an organization. And there are people with better ideas and more clear ideas and more love for the medium that are like Jeff. You know, as much as I can disparage his his kind of mercenary approach to some of this stuff from a marketing standpoint, uh, he does more or less understand what they should be. Yeah. And I can see him bringing it back to a smaller, more business focused, more game focused expo situation like like it wouldn't be have the hype and the crazy stuff and the overcrowding and the convention center, but it would have the games. It would be more like what we used to see E3 as through the lens of the old video game magazines. This thing that happened that none of us could go to, but we were able to see it and get glimpses of it. And he would obviously give us more than glimpses of it. everything. Be live stream out the out the ass. But like, I think it would become more of an exclusive event again. Okay, I think it would. I'm be- not a. I'm not against that at all. No, I think it would become more focused on being about getting the word out about the games to the public, but the public would be the public and the industry would be the industry and there'd be a definite line between those two Gotcha. Things. Maybe a separate day for the public to show up? I think nothing. Nothing. Maybe, maybe eventually you could turn into a public. I mean, you start small with this. You can't just jump to being E3-2, you know? Yeah. Um, E3 tried to do that. We got E4-all. Right. You know? Like, you have to disaster. gauge whether this has become something worth seeing. You know, part of the reason E3 became so big was it became something worth seeing, mm-hmm. you know? Like, E3, you know, 1998 was different from E3 2005. You know, oh, E3, yeah. what am I wearing? I'm wearing my E3 06, yeah. my 16-year-old <laughs> E3 shirt. That was the second year we did it live. Yeah. And that Should was... Let me show your shirt on camera there. That was like nothing we'd ever seen before. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it, was, it was unreal. Like, you know, and it, it was, it's not like that anymore either. I mean, you know, that, it shrank and grew and, you know, did the stupid Santa Monica year. And, but like... Um, Part of the reason it became such a big deal is it was something worth seeing. It was a place where you could you see all this geek stuff, all this nerd stuff, all this video game stuff all put in one place. I remember walking into that hall for the first time in 1999, and I had never been somewhere 
where every way, every way, way I turned my head, there was something I was interested in that I that mm -hmm. I was that was related to my hobby that no one talked about outside of my certain circles of people that were into it. Yep. And now, I you know I showed you the picture. And I, there was a bus. There was a city bus on the way to the studio that had a full Genshin Impact rap. Skin. It's just yeah. covered in anime characters, <laughs> and I'm just like, what a world we're in now. Like. Yeah. It's not that, it, you know, E3, part of what made that thing special was the fact that you could go to this place that what, was this, you know, they called it the mecca of video games, because yeah. no one talked about them. Yeah. It wasn't part of normal everyday life out in the real world, and now it is. Well, you can also find people like us, where now everyone's like us. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're, everyone's us now. You can't Back find then, someone who doesn't know what The Witcher is now. Do you yeah. remember? Like, there was a point when I was like, I was the only one in the G4 office who knew what The Witcher was. Right. Because now. I'm the only one who happened to cross the demo yeah. at E3. Yeah. Times have in the back the of the Bioware sure. booth. There was like one Polish man doing a demo on a tiny computer. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is a Witcher? And I, but, that was but it. But it does make you wonder. It's like, okay, so so many more people love games as much as we have for decades now. It seems like there should be an awesome event for these people to go Except to. Except those people don't want an event. Why it's, not? Because they always want to sit at home behind their keyboards. Yeah. That's Because so they want to play video games. They don't yeah. care about. They want to they travel. They can go to this and play video Why? games. Why? Just stay home and play a video game without waiting in line with a bunch of people you don't know. Well, without you want to meet people though, make friends. They don't. And... Video games are not. <laughs> the, video games are not a lifestyle to the majority of the people who have now adopted them. Huh. They are a hobby. They are a yeah. thing they do for fun when they get home after work. They're not something they want to spend four thousand dollars to go to Los Angeles for a week to go stand around with sweaty people for for an hour in line to play five minutes of cyberpunk. Like that is not what the people who have made gaming a billion, billion, billion dollar industry want. Like there's a lot of people who do, but I would argue that it's, I have, as I've always, always said, it is not the people who, who pay attention to ga daily gaming news, who watch a show like this show, who go to a site like Sifted uh, that make God of War a 10 million, 15 yeah, million copy not. seller. And yeah. those people don't care about going to E3. Yeah. They don't even know what E3 well, it's just, is. It's a certain percentage of them, but as yeah. the number gets bigger, that's that certain percentage is quite large. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they want to go. I yeah. don't want to go. <laughs> like, I do. I mean, certainly if I didn't live here, I wouldn't go. Like, I wouldn't travel to go to E3 anymore. It's it's why. Like, you get a better – it's like it's like football. You get a better seat at home. Yeah. Like, I'd rather watch the press conferences on a live stream than go to them. I've been to the press conferences probably ten times. Yeah. Like, I guarantee you the seat you get at home on Twitch is better than the one I had in that auditorium. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, part of that was, you know, we have to do it for our jobs or whatever. Yeah. And we do interviews yeah. after the press conferences. I mean, conferences. we got baby burritos. That was, that was fun. <laughs> but, like. Lots of food craft services. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the appeal of that was more getting to see everybody again. Right. But, yeah. like, if I didn't know anyone there, I would have been like, God, this sucks. I wish I was home on my comfortable couch watching and getting a clear view in HD. Of I think it's bizarre how it feels like our whole society is being, like, driven to just stay at home behind a screen. Like, I don't know. I don't think that's healthy, man. I just don't. like. I don't think not wanting to go to a video game convention is all the But if they're not going to that, what are they going to? Concerts, if it's the thing that they or... love the most, like, Who I says it's the it. thing they love the most? You don't have to love games the most to like video games and be part of that. Like that's you're that's, talking about the small segment of people that like websites like Sifted or watch gaming podcasts or listen to gaming podcasts. Those are the people I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I would think gaming would be pretty high up there for them in their hierarchy yeah. of interests. Like, 
I don't know. I don't think it's healthy for society for us to just keep driving people to stay behind their keyboards. I don't and their think monitors. anyone's driving that. I think that's what people prefer rather than going to giant crowded things that you can barely get into if you're lucky. I think it, the other thing too is I think right now the go pandemic is clouding our judgment a little bit because everyone is reluctant to go around big crowds and now, myself I was, included. Like, I was saying this shit before the pandemic happened. Going to E3 in person is not worth it. Yeah. Well, we we both said to, that we I were like, I would to, not pay yeah. five thousand or whatever. I'm not, and I'm not saying that about every convention. Like, you know, yeah. I think PAX is worth it most of the time. Pa- but PAX is a very community. Like, they are very focused on giving you something to do. Like, you can go into that game room, video game or board game room, in the middle of the night, three in the damn morning, and go play stuff with people because there's people up all night doing that. They got a library you can check stuff out. But there's always someone working them working those rooms. Like, they're set up for that. E3 has nothing like that. E3 is like they're open. They tried. They they tr- but weird, they're terrible like, at it. Well, they are bad at it. And yep. it's like, and there's no excuse yep. for that because there's tons of conventions that do do that. Just they could just go, mimic it. Call someone from Gen Con, yeah. like, or Dragon Con, or, or whatever. just go to PAX. It's a known <laughs> fact. Yeah, <laughs> hi, someone from PAX, get some enforcers Hire over someone, there and yeah. figure it out. Like, yeah. there's, this is a known, is a solved problem, and the ESA could not get it together. And they, it took three. You know, they, how long did they do that? Three years. Yeah. Then the public end, it didn't get any better. Well, the other problem is that for the last three years, they haven't been able to even put into practice anything that they right. may have learned. But I mean, <laughs> but here's the thing, though, like the fact that they canceled this this early in the year and like didn't have backup plans for it. And there's even word uh, circulating among some of the people in the county I, like who work in the county stuff that I know that they didn't even have a reservation down for the oh, wow. convention center. Wow. Like, that's they, a big deal. To, to me, this this announcement says they were glad they didn't have to do it in person this year. Mm. Interesting. Like, like, I think they're using even the they, pandemic is an excuse. They are. To not I, think, do I it. think they are to some degree. I think they, they even cited Omicron as a reason. I'm like, you think Omicron is going to be the problem in June? We're going to be on like freaking Omega by then. Are you kidding? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what we'll be on by then? Yeah. It's it's. It, it's very suspicious to me. Yeah. Like it, it says that they don't know what they want to do with it. They don't. They don't have a plan yet. And they're you know sort of like how Paramount keeps pushing Top Gun back. They yeah. need that to be a hit. <laughs> yeah. Like Top Gun's got to make Spider Man money to save Paramount from the amount of money they've spent on that thing. And I think E three is the same. Like if E three doesn't come out of the gate swinging and looking real good on those on those reports, like if you get that some B roll of those crowded halls and stuff. Like E three is never going to come back, and the other they thing know I would that. Say too is hasn't it been kind of proven that the ESA can survive without E three? Yeah. So what was it doing with all that money before that it was making off well, of E three? That's a very good question. Uh huh. Hey, hello, Jason Schreier. <laughs> I'm sure you've already sent that email, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to the response. Yeah, I mean, it's been three years now, and the ESA still stands. So how was it getting its money to stay in operation? Yeah. And where was all that money that they were making extra for the last 20 years? Where was that going? Yeah. Was it going to the salaries of the people who worked there? Know. Like, Was it going to, wasn't going to lobbying? Yeah. It wasn't going to I any mean, it's, legal defense of anything? Lobbying is expensive. It is. Like, if you, I, want, if you want to bribe a politician, you have to spend a lot of money. <laughs> what, so what's, what are they doing? Like, there's no lobbying from them. Yeah. Because so. there hasn't really been any controversial legislation in no. regards to games for a while. Like, like just is it just spending the money to to keep the pentagram around uh, uh, Jack Thompson so he can't escape? <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, look, I, I think what I'd say is that I I don't think E three is dead. I do think the ESA will try to do it again. Oh yeah, but that doesn't mean it's not dead. Yeah, I mean, figuratively speaking. Yeah, like, I, th- I, I think the the enti- the the event known as E three will f- exist in some form, but. 
the thing that was being eulogized by the game development community the day they announced this was what we know as E3. Yeah. You know, and maybe the people who attend, the public who attends, won't see a difference from their point of view. But those of us who have been to 21 of these things definitely have seen a difference and know that whatever that thing was that we were part of, you know, 15, 10 years ago is not there anymore. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that some and of it these... could morph. It's not saying that like because it changed, it has to die. But the ESA couldn't figure out what to change it into. So did, did, unless they have a real good idea, they've spent four years percolating. I don't know what this thing is. Do you find it curious that those luminaries kind of just were ready with the post and the whole E three is dead thing? Like, do you wonder at all if maybe they're in leagues with Keeley? And that Keeley's like, hey, wouldn't I think mind a lot of them. I don't think it's. I don't think it's conspiracy or anything, but I do think a lot of them would rather do something other than deal with the ESA. Yeah, I think a lot it of them are a not happy. Too convenient that like right at the moment there were these people ready to like. That was hours later. Yeah, and like it doesn't take that long to find a picture of yourself with Elijah Wood. <laughs> with, Eli- with Elijah Wood. Yeah, <laughs> like it. It, I don't. I don't. I didn't find that particularly suspicious. A lot of a lot of people, myself included, are ready for that to be over. Like I'm and, not, and for something to replace it, and it could what could replace it is a better idea from the ESA. But that phrase is somewhat ridiculous if you know anything about the ESA. Like, like something else needs to happen, and whether that's a revamped E3 that the ESA comes out of the gate swinging with in 2023, or whatever Keeley can turn this Summer Games Festival into, um, that will probably be one. It will be one of the two. Mm-hmm. But like, um the naturally evolving form of E3 that became like the hype beast monolith that became the sort of centerpiece of the gaming year, um, that's over. Like, you don't need that anymore. And if anyone has proven that, even if without the pandemic, it's Sony. Yeah. Because the PlayStation 5 did just fine. Yeah, it's an understatement. I do like E3. I do want E3 to continue. Um, I like it. I prefer that, like, crazy, concentrated, just... Boom, this nuclear explosion of gaming awesomeness that happens in three days. Yeah, but I think you can do that without having a convention. Maybe. I mean, they, I think Jeff would have to change how he's doing Summer Games Fest because yeah. I just feel like it just drags on. Right, it would have to happen faster. Because but, it's like you but can't if keep E3, track of like everything right, that's happening. Right, but if E3 like, becomes something not – if E3 becomes irrelevant, he doesn't have to drag it out that far. He right. can make it a three-day event or whatever. Yeah. He can make it more of a music festival kind of thing. Right. Um, but I do miss that. Um, I miss the three-day, yeah. highly concentrated, boom, 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 right. press but conferences I, right in a row. But I've missed that since, like, 2011. Yeah. Like, it, like that has been deteriorating for Slowly years Slowly it now. has eroded, for sure. Uh, but even at E3 2019, which you guys just saw B-roll for, I thought it was great. I had a great time at E3 2019. Um, my great time at E3 2019 had nothing to do with E3. That's the problem. Like my great I time. I did. I was on the floor though. I was out with the folks and playing games and talking to people. And I don't even think you hit the show floor in 2019. I barely went there. Yeah. 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 I did, and I still like it. I like E3. Um, I think it's effective. And we've obviously we talked so many times about you know, Summer Games Fest versus an E3 getting the coverage in the mainstream media and all that kind of jazz. But that doesn't seem to matter that much anymore either. Um, it's not as it's not as big a deal as it used to be, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I would say it's not a big deal in any way, like because the point of E3 is to sell video games, yeah. and the video games have been selling just fine without it. 
Yeah. That's it. Like, that's the bottom line. Well, I guess you always wonder, like, could they be selling more? No, because there's no more PS5s. <laughs> well, that's for that platform, absolutely. It's a little dicey. Did you see? Did you do any shopping around the holidays? No. I, I did a lot. And I never saw a Switch on a store shelf. I never saw a PS5 on a store shelf. Hmm. On Christmas Eve, I was at a Walmart just buying a couple last things for my nieces and nephews. And a dude walks out from the back and puts one Xbox Series X yeah. in the case. And I was just like, somebody's Christmas is going to be made yep. by that console right there. One of, my, one of my friends down here found found a PS5 uh, on the second. Yeah. Finally got Out in the wild on, a, yeah. on store shelves? I think so. That's yeah. amazing. So he's like, what do I get? I'm just like, ratchet. Yeah. <laughs> but in the I, I listed like the, the main stuff. And then his, I think his daughter wanted Kena. Yeah. Uh, I so, see that. so they got that. So yeah. I'm like, that's cool. good, too. Um, get yourself some ratchet. At some yeah, point. I, I do, do tend to agree with you, Matt. Like, I do think that's where it's all headed. Um, but I do still like E3. I do still want to, the traditional E3 that we've had for all this time. I miss. I mean, that's the other thing about Summer Games Fest. It's like the other part of E3 for me is is catching up with people in the industry. Oh yeah, and I'm gonna miss that too. That would be the thing I would miss. The most. Yeah. I mean, the difference between us on this, I think, is that you, I also miss the traditional E3, but I know that it's never coming back. Right. Right. And you, I have hope that they could maybe make it happen. You can't really recreate that. Yeah, you could create something new, but even that something new, even if it works, would probably be something that doesn't fully appeal to you and me because we we live the old one. It shouldn't. Let's be honest. Like we're it needs to. We're outside the demo at this point. (laughs) Part of the well, part of the problem is that that E3 as a concept is ancient. It It is. It comes from a time when you did not have instant communication. It came from a time when broadcasting those press conferences live was one of the biggest and most ambitious things we ever did. Yeah. Like, bringing that to people as it happened and not a month and a half later from a magazine. Right. Like, that's the biggest shift in gaming news that I saw in my lifetime. Yeah. Like, and to be part of that was was a privilege. It was great. Oh, absolutely. Like to stand, a lot of hard work, too. Yeah, and remember standing, standing there when <laughs> we saw foresight. that. Standing there at that Nintendo E3 conference. arguments. With Smash Trying Brothers. Trying to convince the, executives Oh, yeah, with a GameCube. Like, we should be broadcasting <laughs> this and having the executives turn to us and say, like, the only one who cares is you because yeah. you're the game nerd. And I'm like, and there's a wrong. lot of me Yeah, there's a lot there. more of me than you think. This is where it happens. Like, yeah. this is, you know, like no, we want to see the show. I'm like, no, you want to see it when it happens. Yeah. And we were right. We were right. Absolutely. And now... We could have been right years earlier. And that Right. But. You're right. And that goes back to what I was saying, though, that for the, all these publications, like... Covering Summer Games Fest is not going to generate as much revenue as covering an E3. It's just no. not. But it doesn't ability. matter because the only person who needs to worry about that is Jeff. Yeah, or Pear at IGN or any of the other mm-hmm. heads of any of the publications. I mean, that's... Right, but, but, like, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. Like, the remora cannot tell a shark not to die. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the risk. Yeah, it's true. So, so anyway, another year without... A legit E3. I do hope that Jeff steps up his game a little bit with Summer of Games Fest. I'll just be honest. I love Jeff. I do not like Summer Games Fest. I just don't like. It no, has no spirit to no, it. There needs like, more tweaking to it. But if there's, you know, there's Jeff Keeley has no shortage of ambition. Sure. So yeah. I, I think he will. Be, and you know, and he's already kind of uh, cut his teeth on on whipping the game awards into shape. Although yeah. I, I do think the last one was a bit of a step backwards. But yeah, um, because it's being overtaken by marketing. Yeah, well, it is marketing. That's it the is, thing. but That's the, oh, it's being overtaken by overt marketing, I guess is maybe the better somewhat, way to put it. But it's always been like, I mean, I don't see much of a difference there. I just think it was disguising it worse this this time. Summer Games Fest, or whatever they're going to call it, actually doesn't really need to disguise it. Yeah. It can literally just be that. It's like, we are going to stand here and do marketing for three days. Yeah. Like, great. And you can get, you know, 
coordinate the press conferences. Where, yeah, they don't even necessarily have to do anything with that. I mean, he wouldn't have to do it in person, but he could do a direct or something, or he could offer his own stage wherever the venue is as a place to do that, and it'll just all be branded under that. Um, Jeff knows is smart enough to know that he would have to hands hands off all that because the companies have to control their of their own messages. Um, but if he could finagle that deal, and I would I would argue that there's maybe only two other people in the industry who could finagle that deal, and they wouldn't want to because they work for those companies. Yeah. Um, it would be a bit of a coup, I think. Yeah. You know, and the I think the ESA is legitimately worried about it too because he could do it, he could pull it off. Yep, absolutely. I mean, if they're smart, they would figure out how to work with him. They should. They should. But yeah. uh, as I understand it, they blew that already. Yeah, it sounds like so it, years ago. Well, it sounds like last year was the final straw. Yeah. But so there you go. That's the latest on E3 2022, which is that there is no E3 2022, really. I mean, I'm sure they'll do some kind of digital presentation thing. But nobody paid attention to the official stuff that E3 and the ESA did. I don't even remember what it was. Right. It was just like these weird like panel discussions that they did. Like it was there was no substance to it. Yeah, they tried to do the business side. of Right. And no one cares about that. Yeah. Yeah. Which although that's kind of the kind of part of my point is. That is what E3 is at Used its core. Be. If you yeah. strip away all the pageantry, that's what E3 people is. People cracking deals. You strip away most other conventions, and they are just fan conventions. That's all it is. They yeah. are conventions of people who love this, this subject coming together to celebrate it and, and talk about it. And E3 doesn't have that. It's never been that. It's always been a corporate event. Yeah. There's no one cracking deals behind closed doors. If packs. none of the bands show up to Coachella, <laughs> no one's going to be in the desert for five days. Yeah. It's true. Okay. Time to move on to our next topic, which actually does tie in a little bit into what we were just discussing because PlayStation... Both that and a thing you would not want to do in person this year. <laughs> so at CES, Sony unveils PlayStation VR 2 yeah. at a convention, on stage, mm-hmm. at a Sony press conference. Why does PlayStation do it for CES, but it bailed on E3? Because CES, CES is not run by the ESA. You think they I just hate you. the ESA? I think they hate the ESA and they don't like the they don't like really? that event. I think that was the biggest problem. Because Sony, look, Sony. I think the biggest problem they had with E3 was how it was run. Huh? Because Sony's always at CES, yeah. and usually it's like fifty fifty whether something PlayStation ends mm-hmm. up in also, the Sony press event. Yeah. Also, I think the VR headset has more crossover with CES than the console. I'd agree. One. I mean, that's a right. It's a tech. If you're toy not going to debut at E3. That's the second best place to debut. It, yeah, I would argue because people who don't necessarily care about video games are going to be interested in what your VR tech is going to look like, in compar- at least in comparison to what Oculus is doing. Right. Yep. And so, Sony takes the stage, debuts PlayStation VR two for the first mm-hmm. time. Now its official name is PlayStation VR two. Smart, you think? I guess. I don't, I don't know. Like, what else do you do? Just keep calling PSVR. Yeah. Pretend the first one didn't happen. <laughs> two at least tells you that Most it's an advance. Most people acted like the first one didn't happen. I mean, Oculus <laughs> Two is is the thing. Or Quest Two uh-huh. is the thing. So you might as well, you know, that's Follow already the nomenclature. Yeah, that's already established. So it's and that's working out okay. So you might as well. Yep. So it's called PlayStation VR Two. They also announced the official names for their crazy controllers, and those controllers are crazy. Um, they're called the PlayStation VR 2 Sense controllers, as opposed to the mm-hmm. Dual Sense for the PlayStation 5. Um, 4K HDR at 120 hertz, OLED screens inside, um, eye tracking, um, response feedback in the headset. The actual headset itself rumbles, mm-hmm. basically. Um, My and, sinuses are going to love that. Yeah, and exactly. I didn't think about that. And then some of the other stuff we've talked about before, the foveated rendering, 
uh, expanded field of view to 110 degrees. We knew about that stuff already. Yeah. That stuff I mean, it all, all, it checked all the boxes in terms of what the the first PSVR did not do. Yeah. Um, as a, it's that a is huge a, step up. That's sure. a real state-of-the-art headset right there. It is, yeah. I mean, it's top of the line pretty yeah. much. It's about as good as it gets. Certainly, it's, yeah, it's top of the line as you're going to expect from consumer hardware attached to a console. Yeah. Do you think they're going to have a weird breakout box for it again? You think the PS5 is going to be enough? I think they've built that into the PS5 That's what I figured, too. Yeah. Because that thing was goofy. Yeah. It's like, why do I have this weird little box sitting next to my PlayStation? I think it's going to be less uh, uh, cumbersome. Still going to be a a wire, obviously. Yeah. I think think it will be less this into this box, and that box comes with two cords come out of that box. And, you know, like, setting the PSVR up is a pain. I would argue it was a pain and is a pain. I would argue, though, that maybe Sony should – I've said this before on this show – that Sony maybe should have focused on making it wireless first and then trying to create the best wireless headset that it could make. Nah, they, they want it connected to use the power of the PS5. I guess. I I just don't think that's where VR is headed right now. I think. Probably isn't, but you were, <laughs> you were never going to get that from Sony. So I actually asked It needs for... to be a PS5 accessory, and it needs to... I mean, you weren't going to get that kind of uh, fidelity out of a, of a wireless headset. Yeah. There's no way. I actually asked for Quest 2 for Christmas and did not get it. <laughs> it was on my uh, Amazon wish list, but I didn't get it. Um, and now I'm kind of glad because I'm probably going to end up buying this thing. Although I don't know why. I think I got a grand total of 40 hours out of the first yeah, I'm, PlayStation Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to need some real hard-hitting <laughs> games to because this thing's going to be 500 bucks At least. I mean, the last one was. Yeah. The last one was 400 Was, <laughs> was it? Yeah, I think it was 400 I think it was 5 No, nah, it wasn't 5 Maybe it was 5 you got With, like, If some you got the one that had the thing. camera in it and yeah. all the other stuff, yeah. But if you, you're right. There was a model that was 400 um, if you already had the camera, because yeah, I definitely did not pay five hundred for that. Yeah, because the five hundred had the camera and I think the the move controllers. Yeah, because I got the cheaper one and ended up having to buy the move controller separately. Yeah, I already which had I the never move used. Yeah, <laughs> I got the controllers and at that point I had figured out I didn't care about PlayStation VR and mm-hmm. I literally never used them. I got them for Christmas one year. I used them for well, I had them because I got them for light gun games, oh, right. House of the Dead and stuff. And yeah. so I did. I used them for a couple like the. Farpoint or whatever that shooter game oh, yeah. was. Yeah, well, it had the gun. It had the gun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a couple like the Robinson, the Journey, or whatever. Yep. One of the one of the, the few dinosaur. games that doesn't work on the PS5. Is that true? Yeah, Robinson does not work on the PS5. Interesting. Um, so they go through the specs. It wasn't. The, I think the whole presentation lasted like eight minutes or something like that. It didn't last very long, and then they cap it all off at the end by showing the first game for PlayStation VR two. And I know this had to make you happy, or maybe not. Actually, I don't know how you took it. Uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain. Yeah. First game ever shown for PlayStation VR 2. This trailer is literally, I think, like 17 seconds long. So we're going to keep showing it to you guys over and over again. What do you think of this? Cool, but uh, I don't know if it's $500 cool. Yeah. I mean, I love Horizon and all, but, like, I don't know. It looks like a PS4 game. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but like, really? You think it looks better than a PS4 game? I think it does. Yeah. Really? No, it doesn't look like Ratchet, but it definitely. There's some some stuff the lighting's doing here that the PS4 cannot do. Um, however, um, like I'm gonna need some real like uh, high first impressions of this thing. To, again, this is not enough to sell me a PSVR two. I mean, right now it looks like it's another one of those ride along things. No, I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that it's actually way more robust and inventive than you think. Like they're going for more of a Half Life Alex. Because already approach. you're like you're in the boat. You're just kind of riding along. This no, stuff's happening it's not all around. Game, it's, it's not, not like, like that. No, it's, they they're going full bore. Like we want. We they want to make it their Half Life Alex basically. Okay. Um, it's not really developed by Gorilla. No. But the the goal is to make something like innovative on that level. I don't. Will they make it to that goal? Who knows? 
It's um, created by a developer called Fire Sprite. I've never heard of them. Have you? I have heard them. I, like when I read the article, I was like, oh, they, yeah, but I, now I can't remember what they did. I don't remember them at all. Um, but obviously, Gorilla will be consulting and hopefully making sure that the game doesn't turn out to be a complete disaster. Yeah. But this does appear that Sony um, is trying to position this. I think they this. just make a lot of VR stuff, probably. Yeah. One thing I will say, though, is what Sony's doing smart that it didn't do last time is it is positioning a game as its killer app. Now, if you think back, Matt, were there was there ever a killer app for the first PlayStation VR? Was there ever that one game that everyone pointed to and was like, okay, that's the one that is going to sell me? No. There like, wasn't one. Like, I don't think there, on, ever, I think there people, ever was one. Early on, I think people tried to make it uh, Batman. But Batman was just not a robust enough. It just ended up being an inexperience. Uh, Fire Sprite made the playroom. Oh, okay. Okay. That's kind of encouraging. Um, Different beast, but. And they used to be Studio Liverpool. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, that's great. Because didn't they make the getaway, or not the getaway? They made. What was the game that looked like the getaway for PlayStation VR? (laughs) Oh, they they did not make that. Uh But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the blood and. Yeah, what was it Honor called? Or something. Yeah, was, something yeah, like something that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I know. I know you know. That was pretty good. Actually. Yeah, it wasn't bad. No, they made uh, play the playroom, run Sackboy, run the playroom VR, and the persistence. Okay. And they did. They did a mode in Star Citizen. Oh. Of all things. <laughs> I would probably wipe that off the resume. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to help you. Yeah. Although I don't, I don't know how, how you have it on the resume when there really are no modes in Star Citizen, but. Okay. Yeah, they, they formed from uh, former Studio Liverpool Cygnosis people. Okay. Um, that's encouraging. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that um, they did still no release date, no price. They didn't show the headset. When did they were getting that stuff? At some I mean, I think this thing's coming out this play. year. So I, I think, think it's coming this year, too. Yeah, I think some state of play thing probably closer to May. Yeah. it's. I think it's coming out Christmas, yeah. holidays of this yeah. year. I yeah. would agree with that. That's what I would suspect. Um, any guesses on price? Five hundred. You think it'll be five? At least. Yeah. I think probably a five hundred and six hundred dollar model, depending on what comes with it. <sighs> That's a tough sell with Quest out there for two ninety nine, man. It's a tough sell out. You've already bought a PS five. Yeah. Like you were spend a thousand dollars on this setup. Like, I I also just spent like fifty bucks for black plates for my PS five. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so th- those are going to show up whenever they ship them finally. I think they're supposed to ship the middle of this month or maybe in mm. February or something. But I went in and bought them. I'm a sucker. So Funko points spent... out Until Dawn Rush of Blood, which actually was the best game at launch for the PlayStation VR. Yeah. That was a really good. And it had nothing to do with Until Dawn until they rebranded right. it. Yeah. Um, so I've now spent $600 on my PS5 because <laughs> the plates were like 50 bucks. So there you go. I've got 600 bones out of me. I'm just going to live with the white. <laughs> mine got all scuffed up, and it's got a big streak on the top of it. No, because you move it around all the time. Yeah. Yeah, mine got beat up. So I, once I get black ones, I'll never I'll never replace them again. So there you go. That's the latest on PlayStation VR 2. You going to buy it, Matt? As like I said. As stands right now? Like I said, like they got to show me some real games. I can only play on that thing. Horizon's a nice first step, but there's got to be more. Yeah. And again, like the first one fizzled. Yeah, it did. And, like, you know, fool me once, etc. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's PlayStation VR 2. I suspect we'll be hearing a yeah. lot more about this. I haven't even unpacked my Vive since I moved four years ago. So yeah. VR is not a particularly important thing to me right now. Let's take a look at chat and see what chat's saying about uh, about this. Um, I don't know if many of them had PlayStation VR, the first one. Hmm... 
Yeah, everyone's just saying Fire Sprite made Playroom. What else? Vincent, they have a lot of VR experience. Horizon Zero players, Timmy Zinni. <laughs> uh, betrays, a single cable with no breakout box will be a big step up. It'll help. I'd agree with you. Uh, most PC headsets still use wires. Yep, absolutely. It's kind of part of the thing. Like, the Horizon Zero players thing is funny, but at the same time, it's like, they know that far fewer people are going to play that than are going to play the main games, which means that nothing of particular note is probably going to happen in that game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sort of like the problem they ran into with, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff, where it's like millions of people watch the movies, hundreds of thousands of people watch the shows, so you can't really do anything in the show that's important because you can't then go into these movies with millions of people watching and they haven't seen the show, and they're like, what's going on? So, like, it... By definition, that VR game feels like it's got to be kind of a sidebar throwaway to some degree. Yep. Vincent says, what if they show you ports of big PC VR games like Half-Life Alex or Boneworks? That would be a good step. That would help a lot. And I'm guessing that's going to happen. Yeah, an easy way to play Half-Life Alex would definitely kick it up a notch. I think a lot of people would rejoice over that. Um, Because that's going to look a lot better on that than it will on an an Oculus. Yep. And someone else brought up, maybe you could have considered the killer app for... PlayStation VR Resident Evil 7. I guess. That was way after the fact, though. It was. Yeah, absolutely. But it probably was the it highest profile. Yeah, but it was also on everything else. It was. So. Yeah. It's hard to call something a killer yeah, app. Killer apps need to be get it somewhat somewhere else. exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a tough sell. Okay, so there you go. That's PlayStation VR 2. Next, we're going to move on to one of those topics I talked about earlier where we're just going to group a bunch of stuff together. And this topic is literally just covering the multitude of leaks that have come out over the last three weeks. There are, I don't know, 10 maybe that have happened in the last like two or three weeks. It's really been insane. Um, All the little stuff that's broken. um, And we could have done separate topics on some of these, uh, but we're just going to try to keep this discussion pretty short. Um, The first one we're going to talk about is Armored Core 6. This just broke in the last Mm -hmm. couple days uh, from software's mech battle game. Um, essentially it sent out a survey to some fans and they sent out some gameplay videos of the game and a bunch of screenshots. And I'm surprised actually the videos haven't leaked out yet. Yeah. Um, maybe they have and I just missed them, but I haven't, I haven't seen, seen them. I've and seen I, some screenshots. I've, I've been looking. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm an Armored Core fan from way back. I've seen some screenshots. That's what I know from software from Yeah. damn kids. <laughs> it's been since the PS3 um, that Armor Core Five came out. Yeah. Has it been about a decade now? I guess. Yeah, there was. It was another game after Five. Was there? There was like a weird spinoff. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't but you know how they they would make the numbered one and then they'd make like three right. things that were like subtitled one. You know, Master yeah. of Arena or <laughs> Nine Ball. Right. Or it's just like what, you, what is that? An- um, another. What was it? Uh, uh, Armored Core and Another Age was one of I think was that an, was Another Age an Armored Core was game? it an Ar- no it was that, that was a Gundam else, that was a Gundam thing yeah uh, Armored Core there was a, there was one that I thought was a, a oh, Armored Core Four Answer that was the, one with the weird <laughs> title <laughs> that's pretty awesome I have all of those games yeah they're right, all so you're the a big same fan. I love Armored Core but they're all the same fucking game like, yeah like when they'd put out an Armored Core on a new platform and that would be the Armored Core game for that like they just reiterate on that yeah. like four times before the generation was over but what you're seeing here this is pretty much how they've always been pretty much they yeah. haven't changed a ton over time yeah you just added new parts and new types of of mechs and i was about, gonna say in, improve the ui but they didn't they just sort of changed it yep it just, it just morphed <laughs> it didn't improve 
I've um, never been a gigantic fan of these games. I always felt like these good. were great time killers, but yeah. they <laughs> Well, this is the thing they're not they're not very good. No. Like they're 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 frustrating and they're obtuse at times and there are definitely builds that will get you through the game and builds that will get you killed instantly. Yeah. Like there is a right way to build your mech and if you don't know how to do that, at least for your play style, you are not going to finish the game. You're not going to enjoy playing um, it either. Yeah. And like that's not fun. And I don't mean like not fun in the way that Souls is not fun to people because the thing with Souls is you, you need the patience to kind of figure it out and come back mm-hmm. and try it again and level up. That doesn't happen here. It's like, especially in the days when like the internet was not as robust and like if you didn't know to go look up like what you needed to do and what the best parts for the mechs were, you were kind of screwed. And like sometimes, you, you know, you get st- I get stubborn sometimes because I like my mechs to have legs. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the the you know the treads or the hover mech or the, the you know, that kind of thing. I'd agree. And you are if you're not using the f- kind of the four-legged spider mech layout in most armored cores, you are performing suboptimally. Yeah. Um and so sometimes I'd be like, "No, I'm going to play a bipedal mech whether you like it or not," and it would just make the game too hard. Well, sometimes the bipedal mechs don't even walk though. They just like skim along yeah. the ground. Yeah, I'm okay with <laughs> They're that. They're still kind of hover mechs. I just like ultimately. a more humanoid mech yeah, in I get general. It. Yeah, and, I agree. Uh, that was usually playing suboptimally and i didn't like that i didn't like that it didn't make room for what i wanted the mech to look like yeah i've Um, mentioned this a bunch of times on game face but like i just hate when the majority of enemies in a game are robots i mm -hmm. just it's hard for me to build any real hatred for them like somewhat but i think my problem with a lot of the armor core games is is, like takes that a step further in that most of the enemies are tanks yeah tanks and little like gun replacements and like when you see a robot it's like oh cool like something (laughs) i can actually fight you know (laughs) That's funny. Like, like even in this, you're seeing like most of it's like stationary gun emplacements and tanks, and then when an actual uh, armored core mech shows, oh, there's one. Like it's like, oh yeah, now, it this, fun. The, yeah. this is the game I signed up for. Yeah, and then it blows up and you blow more tanks up. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, Do you think in 2022 this is a concept that'll be successful? I mean, that's a real good question. Uh, I'm gonna play it for sure. because yeah. I love that. I but yeah, I mean, I never thought I'd see another armored core. I, think, I thought they were done. Well, here's the funny part about it is... Because just for what you said, I don't think there's a real market for that. Yeah. The funny part about it is back when the last Armor Core came out, From Software was a different company. Yeah. It did not have this huge cachet of fans that like waited with bated breath on everything it did. It wasn't like that back then. Right. Now, though... You say from software, a certain amount of the audience, their ears perk up. Yeah. And but they're I, like they're immediately interested just because it's from right. software. I'm just curious, like... There's two ways this could kind of go. They make an they make an updated armored core game for a modern hardware, and the Souls devotees jump in and realize they've been bait and switched. Yeah, that this is not the kind. Of, or they make armored Souls, which which I'd kind of be the down. Some reports with. say that that's kind of what if it that's what they're doing. Be. Like you got my attention twice. The people who saw the videos have described it as Dark Souls cross with virtual on. I mean, that's every every bad. word in that sentence is great <laughs> to me. Yep. So, um, yeah. yeah, like that's that's real positive feedback. Yeah, I, I did see that. That's good stuff to me. I mean, if that's really what they're doing, awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, they'd be stupid not to, right? You had my attention, but now you have my curiosity. <laughs> kind of thing. Like, you know, like, A mech-based Dark Souls. Yeah. It's, I mean, we've um, had that before. Yeah. Um, by third, like indie developers have created them basically yeah, i mean you'd be stupid you're and and from is not stupid you'd be stupid yeah. to not look at your success in dark souls and think like if we adapt this to everything else we've ever done we have a lot more hits on our yeah. hands yeah. and there has yet to be in my opinion a particularly 
compelling sci-fi take on the Dark Souls formula. The Surge is probably the closest anyone's yeah. gotten. Um, and that's, so, that's what I was mentioning So there is earlier, still yeah. a gap there to be – there's still a niche to fill there. And yeah, if they can sure. fill it with a giant robot, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. all I can say there. So, yeah, that's this was a very positive leak for me. Um, I thought I th- – I, I Surprising thought, to me it was. Yeah, I mean, I never thought I'd, they'd do another Armored yeah. Core, but if they're going to adapt it to the Souls format, cool. I really didn't think it would break either until long after, you know, Elden Ring is out. Yeah. Well, that one, I mean, probably wasn't supposed to. Well, they sent out the survey. They oh, got the survey know. was their fault. If you're going to send out a survey, you know it's gonna, someone's going to leave. You really think someone would do that? Just go on the internet and break NDAs? <laughs> Not in a million years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's Armored Core 6, I'm guessing, is what it'll be, because Armored Core 5 was the last yeah. mainline. Or they'd call the it something weird, you know, Armored Core New Type or something. Or yeah. Virtual On or something. Maybe they well, do some Sega's. kind of collab. Yeah, yeah I know. It's not like Sega's doing anything with Virtual On. Virtual On still pops up once in a while, weird like it, like in merchandise arcades. or well, arcade, but also like merchandise. I saw it was in like a like a like a parade or a marketing camp. Like, virtual On has like a weird sub following. Like, I'm one of the followers. I love I love Virtual <laughs> On. I bought that stupid twin stick thing for the Dreamcast for oh, that did game. You? Yeah, I love it. the love, only thing it used it for. I think. Yeah, I love going to Japanese. I mean, I bought Steel playing. Battalion. What do I know? Yeah. With the giant controller. More people did than probably should. I still have, I still have that in my, in my garage. <laughs> yeah. Probably yeah. worth a lot of money at this it point. It is. But who would want to ship it? <laughs> right. You know what I really don't want to ship is my giant Porsche steering wheel setup. Uh, Remember that? Yeah. That giant thing. Yeah. I, I have the, Fan, the Fanatec yeah, thing. Yeah. I have that in my garage. It weighs like 40 pounds. And I'm just like, I don't want this anymore. I don't know what to do with yeah. it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have one landfill. friend who wants it, but she lives in Canada. And I'm like, do you know what shipping would be? It'd be hundreds to of Canada? dollars. Yeah. You must, she might as well just buy it off eBay at that Pretty point. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, next up, a new Mario Kart was leaked. So GameIndustry.biz did a roundup of analyst predictions for 2022. And one of the analysts from Asia said that he had it on authority that a new Mario Kart was in development. Not a surprise. We've known that for a long time, that they're obviously working on a new Mario Kart. But he also said that it will have a new twist, and then he said he believes it will come out this year. Hmm. Um, you think, well, I think we'll both agree, sure, there's obviously another Mario Kart in development. I would also argue, I don't know if you saw this week, but just this week, Mario Kart 8 was the top-selling game in the UK. Again. Again. Literally, two weeks after Christmas, and... Mario Kart 8 is still the top-selling game in the UK. So what about it coming out this year? I also don't doubt that there is some unique feature. That's nothing new. Oh, yeah. I mean, like Double Dash. There's been a lot of Mario Kart games that try to introduce new things. For good or ill, Nintendo's always got a unique feature in there. Motorcycles was a thing for one of them. So sure, there's definitely going to be some unique element in the game, ultimately. Um, But do you think it comes this year? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, yeah. it's been a long time. It has. I mean, it's, well, obviously, they don't need to put it out this I year. I mean, they haven't they released a Mario Kart for Switch. Yeah. This is a Wii U game. Yeah, they don't need to, obviously, because the you know nine still sell or uh, eight still sells just fine. But uh, I mean, it feels like it's about time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I would say that that's a rumor that I probably believe. Yeah. If it, the only thing that, hold, that holds me back, it's is, a weird thing to lie about. It is, you know, yeah. like if, if yeah, the only thing that holds it back for me though is just the fact that the last game is still selling so well. Yeah, like that's well, that's why I say like you know, Nintendo, you know, they could be working on this thing and sit on it for another six months. And it's not you know, but after certainly after they see what the numbers were for Mario Kart, 
eight, like you could very easily decide just like oh, let's just sit on this for another holiday season. Yeah, Let very easily, or hold it for your next platform. Yeah, um, it was crazy that they got two generations out of one Mario Kart game, but they did. I mean, we're already what five years into Switch, and yeah. they still haven't released a new one, and it's still selling as the best game. Yeah. Well, the other advantage they the had on that, game? the other advantage they had on that, is that uh, it was you know. The previous system nobody played, so yeah. To a lot of people, Mario it was Kart a new Mario Switch Kart. was new. <laughs> it was new, yeah, because they didn't have an opportunity to buy it even if they wanted to. Um, yeah, I mean, I also find it hard to believe that, and I'm this is based on the premise that it will come out this year that they would release both Mario Kart and Zelda at the same time. Oh, I, I believe that they're that would ve- be huge. They're very different games. They though, are, so. but. They do they do big stuff. Wow. That would be that would be the one of the best holiday seasons for Nintendo ever. Yeah. If they released both those games like within a week or two of each other. Well, I would argue that Zelda might be earlier than you think. You think? Yeah. Have you heard something about that? Not really. No. Not really? I think Mar- I think I don't th- I don't think Zelda's necessarily a holiday release. Really? Wow. It sort of sure seems like you've heard something, Matt. Mm. <laughs> Nothing I'm willing to go to the mat on okay just some rumblings here or there maybe yeah. um i mean it's due it probably yeah, yeah, should, yeah. It should, it and also like just because out. just because that was the plan doesn't necessarily or what plan doesn't mean yeah. that, like they're gonna make it like right. delays are constant right now so. well especially with we the, know that with breath of the wild yeah look, look at what february looks like as a result yeah. of that yeah even january this year is one of the better january i've seen yeah. in a while there's Several games worth buying this year. In fact, we just published today the ten games worth buying in January twenty twenty. Even my friend who got the PS5, I'm like, oh, and like in the next month or so, you want to look out for this and this and this and this and this and this and this. He's like, I only oh, need yeah, one. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I know. I'm just I'm, there's just February a lot of stuff. and March and yeah. April is killer, dude. It's gonna be a really good beginning of the Saints year. Saints Row is lucky they slipped out. Yeah. And maybe it's not luck. It's maybe not, but it would have gotten buried. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they realized it and were like, you know what? Let's just give yeah, it let's a just, few more months let's for Let's just polish. get the hell away from Horizon and Elden Ring, <laughs> yeah. shall we? Like Two games that people are going to be playing for 60, 70 hours. We'll get to that. Yeah. Holy crap. Um, so there you go. Mario Kart 9, new feature analyst says coming before the end of the year. We'll see. Um, a Resistance game was canceled that I never even knew existed. I don't think anybody did. Yeah. Um, do you care? Not really. I don't either. Um, I like the Resistance games more or less. Uh, I do wish they. I do don't a, dislike them. Yeah, I wish they do a collection to get them off the PS3. Yeah. Um, because they're trapped. They are trapped on the PS3 with the infamous games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see. I just like to see the and also the Killzone trilogy. Like, yeah. I would like. I mean, Why I don't not? even like the Killzone trilogy, but I think they should be. There's enough people that do that. It would be smart to um, save them. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the Killzone games, but like I will say, uh, that weird little chirp it makes when you headshot someone yeah. is one of the most satisfying it things is. in shooters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I would. I, I would have played another Resistance, but like the other thing about Resistance is the three games are so different. Yeah, like they really didn't settle on what that series because was like, be. it would never become a hit. Yeah. So yeah. they kept tweaking stuff it never and changing hit. things. So they're like, like, okay, first one didn't hit. Let's try the second one. More, second yeah, first one didn't one, hit. Let's try the yeah, first one. was more like a straight Call of Duty sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, this one's got, okay, more weird stuff and like co-op. And we're going to, okay, now it's like big monsters. And the third one is a, you know, big, the third one was like almost like a fireworks show. Yeah. At times. Like it was, it, and I like, you know, I liked what they were going for in a lot of it. But like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if Resistance is really worth pursuing. Insomniac has yet to make a more traditional shooter that I've really enjoyed. Yeah. 
that's one genre I feel like they have not been able to really master yet. Yeah, the one I think they and the, they do better when they ignore outside shooter, Other, tra- yeah. shooter trends. Like, I agree. I think one of the weakest ones I think it was Resistance Two that switched to like because the first one was very you could recognize the Insomniac pedigree in the first one even though it was very brown and gray mm-hmm. because you got all those crazy weapons and you just had the giant weapon wheel to choose from it was very ratchet and the second one the second was second like one you kaiju could, driven almost yeah but the second one you could only carry two weapons yeah like very, they switched to a halo yeah halo and that style. didn't work as well because yeah. one of the fun things about the way Insomniac designs its weapons is always having that weapon on hand if you think it would be cool to use it in a certain situation yeah. and when I could no longer do that it really lost some luster I would say two is the weakest of the three because of that I'd agree with that. Um, um, I don't think anyone's going to lose any sleep over no. a, a Resistance game that they didn't know existed getting canceled. No, but I would <laughs> like to see the a, the a remaster collection make it to the PS5 at some point. Um, next up. Probably too busy making uh, all the Spider-Man. <laughs> it's possible. Maybe that's Blue Point's next job. Do that. Yeah. I don't know if it's worth it. It may not be, but I want to play it. So yeah, it I wouldn't is. give it to Blue Point. I'd give it to somebody else, I think. Yeah. Um, next up, and there's so many of these. This is crazy, crazy how many leaks there have been. Um, The Last of Us Two or The Last of Us Remake is finished, mm-hmm. and they're just waiting for a window to release. Said it, the apparently. the multiplayer is the same, but the multiplayer is pretty much ready to go too, and they're just waiting. Wait, I'm maybe getting this mixed up. I thought The Last of Us the multiplayer mode was canned for something. No, uh, we thought so, but like apparently the the it's what's, what's the name of that? What there's a name for it. I don't this is part of this rumor that I saw. Like, not only is the remaster of the first one done, or the remake done, but the multiplayer mode that we thought was gone is it's also coming? coming. Huh. I didn't see that part of it, actually. Factions. Factions. Yeah. Uh, Faction 2, Factions. Um, you excited about that? Factions? Yeah. No. Me either. <laughs> I don't care about I've I've never liked a Naughty Dog multiplayer. And no, neither have really I. do, but I don't. I've not, I. I've not enjoyed any of their multiplayer modes. I'm so not far. exactly a great canary in that coal mine, but like, no, they I've could never... prove me wrong. I mean, they could do a good job on it, but I'm just not particularly excited about it right now. Um, we're going to get to a preview of PlayStation for 2022 in a little bit. Um, so I don't want to kind of rain on that parade, but when do you think you would slot this in for um, sale? I put it in like early summer. Yeah, that's where that's where the original launched. It's kind of where the where Last of Us sort of lives. Yeah, um, and it certainly seems to have done okay for them. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm not Q4. No, I would put it in in June or something. Okay, um, I don't know. They're pretty front. We'll, again, we'll get to it, but they're pretty front loaded in this year yeah. with exclusives for PlayStation. Um, I think it might get lost unless you release it a little bit after that. But it may be. Actually, by June, things are kind of clearing up. Yeah, so May, June right. is where The Last of Us has traditionally come yep. out. So that's true. Uh, next up, Dying Light 2. <laughs> there was this leak, quote, unquote, that the game would take 500 hours to complete. And I was just like, mm-hmm. when they demoed that game for me at E3, and God, what was that E3 2019? I don't even remember anymore. That might have been 2018. It might have. They didn't say anything like that. They were no. like, oh, it's like a 30 or 40 hour game with all these branching paths. And they were like, you know, there's all these permutations and combinations of things that players can do. And so when I first heard this, I was like, no, no, no. I'm like, that 500 hours, I think, is like if you just milk it for all it's worth. But the internet took it and grabbed the football and ran with it. And they're like, mm-hmm. 500 hours. And now it's come out that it's actually not 500 hours. It's like a 30-hour game. Well, they said it was – I mean, they tweeted – I mean, this was a, not a leak. It was the 
company saying that. Wait, they tweeted that they it was 500, said it was 500 hours? hours? Really? That came direct That's from Techland? So. That's what I thought. So. Really? But I think it's 500 hours if you want to get everything, everything. Yeah. Everything. Like, right. if you want to see everything. Because this is a branching story. I mean, you're talking about multiple playthroughs. You're talking about getting all the achievements or whatever stupid collect all the foozles thing and bring all the bare asses back to base they want you to do. Because, like, Dying Light 1 took forever, too. It was like everything. a 60-hour game. I played um, it for a long time and never finished it. Yeah, like, so, yeah, 500 hours, I think it's just, like, if you want to be a super completionist weirdo, I guarantee you you can do one playthrough of this game in, yeah, 30 hours or so. Yeah. But you're not going to see hardly, you're going to see, like, a third of the content. Especially in this one. Because you actually do cut out content yeah, by making chunks decisions. of content, yeah. You can't, you really cannot see all the content in one playthrough. You can't. You'd have yeah. to go back and play yeah, it Vincent, again. Vincent, 20 hours for the story, 80 to 100 hours for a thorough playthrough, 500 hours for literally everything. Yeah. You're talking about multiple playthroughs to see everything. Yeah. Um, and a lot yeah. of games do this. It's like basically saying, like, how long does it take to get everything in Assassin's Creed? Like, yeah. if you search for every little knick-knack. Yeah. Like my whatever. Valhalla save has got to be ticking up to 180 hours at yeah. this point. And that's not in- indicative of how long it takes to finish the game. Yeah. It's how long it takes me to finish the game. And I, th- I feel like this, if they did announce it themselves, or if they just told somebody about it, I do feel like it's them like, trying to basically dog whistle to its fans, like, yeah, this is the same thing as the last one. Like, I played the last one, like, I don't know, 30 hours, and wasn't anywhere near finishing the game. I played it, like, 100 hours, and I wasn't yeah. close to finishing the game. So, maybe that's just their way of saying, yeah, it's the same deal. If you liked our last game, you're going to like how this one's structured and how the content... It's kind of sprinkled out throughout the experience. Although this one is obviously different with this branching paths and all that kind of stuff. Um, it'll just give players incentive to go back and play it over and over again instead of just chugging along with kind of the same save file, so to speak. Uh, but it does look like Dying Light 2 is going to be a big, big game at the very least. Uh, let's see. Next up. And again, it's just so many of these. Um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2 going to be revealed in May. Right before E3 or Summer Games Fest or whatever. I mean, May 4th is almost <laughs> certainly when that will happen. May, right. Oh, duh. Yeah. I should have picked up on that one. Even even I should have picked up on that. Um, that makes total sense. What are you looking for from the sequel to this? More. Just more of the same? Not just more of the same. I want bigger and I want, like, full story stuff and dialogue interacting. You know, I want I want more Bioware out of it, basically. Okay. Like, I want, when you go back to the ship, I want full conversations with your crew. I want to, I want to be able to make decisions in those conversations. Yeah. Not necessarily change the story, but I want to choose what Cole, what Cal says. Uh-huh. Um, I want more planets. I want bigger planets. I want more areas to explore that are less Metroid-y and a little more open. Yep, I'd agree um, with that. That kind of thing. I mean, a lot of the, when you get into the heart of the levels, they were all yeah. Pretty linear. And for God's sake, fast travel. Yeah. Um, at least late in the game. That's like, like a no-brainer. Going back and picking up stuff. when I would think it would like, be a no-brainer. Yeah, I, I really thought, because at one point you pick up the Sith Witch uh, companion, and I really thought she was going to teleport you from right. meditation. Yeah, yeah. Medita- and it just never nope, happened. It never happened. Like, yeah, I think that's a no-brainer. I think Respawn, Respawn's too good of a studio yeah. to not pick up on that and make and I'd like change. to see more um, uh, you know, varied combat styles. Like, and ideally... Uh, this is not going to happen. Ideally, uh, I would have it jump forward in time to when Cal and some and them have like gathered some of the the Jedi kids. That yep. you know they destroyed the thing that has their list, but I'm sure they could find some Force sensitives and are you know maybe secretly training them somewhere. And I would rather play as one of those trainees. Oh, so okay. I could make my own character, choose their gender, choose their alien yep. race or whatever, and kind of like Jedi Academy. You know, the, the old Jedi, Dark Forces game, Je- yep. Jedi Knight, Je- Jedi Academy. 
design my own character and Calc is sort of be the sort of teacher for him and he's sending you out on things and he gets involved in stuff and you have to go save him or okay. help him or whatever. I would like a little more player control over the character. More agency. Um, I, like, I like Cal and I understand why they did what they did, but like um, at the very least I see no reason not to give you the choice uh, to be uh, Cal or Kala. You know, yeah, like, why not? Like, a, like a, just a female voice performance and, and character. Yep. And Cal coming back, obviously. How does that work? Well, just, just all of a sudden, now you can choose a female version. Yeah, I mean, I don't think if they just if you're gonna play as Cal, I don't think they do that. I think yeah. you just play as Cal. Um, but I would like ideally, I'd like to do more of a Jedi Academy thing where I get to make my own character. Okay, my own makes Jedi. sense. Uh, They're already kind of there with like picking your outfit and picking your saber design and yeah. stuff like that. Like, you yeah, know, just make me let, let me design the character. It also, I think frees you up a little bit to tell the story because you're not stuck with Cal. Because like at a certain point, Cal probably has to die, right? Because <laughs> guess, yeah. you got to you got to pair the Jedi. You can't be that many Jedi running around blowing shit up by the time Luke Skywalker rises to prominence. So, That's a good point. Yep. At, at some point, the Fallen Order story has got to end in tragedy. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Something to look forward to, gang. You put that put shit between the trilogies. You're not going to have a happy ending. <laughs> That's true. That's you. just the way it goes. Uh, next up, Red Dead Redemption Two for PlayStation Five announcement coming this year. They also said that we will get this before we get the remake of the first Red Dead. Also, in this leak, it was set, stated that the Red Dead 1 remake is being handled very similarly to the GTA trilogy, mm. which I sh- which should inspire confidence from all those involved because that turned out great. Um, first of all, I think getting the PS5 version of Red Dead 2 ready first is the right move. Um, I think, first of all, this game looks stunning on PS4, and mm. I can't even imagine what it's going to look like on PlayStation 5. Um it will be I mean, a show. If that, if that information is correct, probably much the same or worse. Oh, right. So. <laughs> well, no, they're saying that Red Dead 2 for PS5 will be handled mm. like any other Rockstar game. And then they're going to schluff off the Red Dead 1 port to some other studio. Oh, they're going to try a Red Dead 1 port? No, you remake, yeah. That's a bad idea. That's been swirling around for a while. And part of this leak was that, well, now... That's been put on hold, probably because of the response to the GTA trilogy, mm-hmm. and that the the PS5 version of Red Dead 2 or the next gen version of, of Red Dead 2 will be coming before that. Yeah. Um, and again, I would I never have right expected a, any kind of Red Dead One again like that. Even it's acknowledged by even the people who made that game that the code basically hangs bunk. together through a miracle. Right, like they don't know why it works. I mean, um, so to, the, that's why it was never a PC port because no one wanted to touch it. It would have been. A, you'd have to rip it apart, build it again. Basically, it sounds like maybe that's what they're doing. But if you yep. if you do that and you end up a with lot something of like the GTA, so that game's trilogy, big too. Oh yeah. Yep. I don't know. And you could screw that up real easy. It's like, again probably why they're pushing it off, and yeah. they have clean code for this, and they'll get. I this think it's out probably first. smarter to just consider Red Dead One a lost game. Might be right. Yeah. Like you never. You, know, you can never port it forward. Because make remaking that is going to cost as much as make. I mean, Rockstar can afford it. But yeah. Like, I mean, maybe that's what Rockstar's looking at. Like they're like, you know what? This game, if we actually get it into decent shape, could sell for the next like twenty or yeah, thirty years. Like, um, especially if you integrate it with two and kind of make it like a platform for Red Dead Online. Right. That's true. Um, that's a good point. And 
Yeah, and they still got Bully 2 in there somewhere. Right. And there's too much smoke around that for there not to I be mean, some fire. I mean, they have tons of games, conceivably. They should. Take 2 has said, like, 30 or 40 games over the next, like, two years. I'm like, where are those coming from? Yeah, like, who's guess, making those? Apparently a lot of them are coming from Zynga. Yeah. <laughs> Holy moly, dude. What the hell? $13 billion for Zynga. For Zynga. Unreal. A company I barely knew still existed. Hey, everybody. Let's just go start a game development studio. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll just make mobile games. If you can... Tough it out for 10 years, everyone will be rich beyond your wildest imagination. It's crazy. But this is what you see with this is like these publishers, they can't figure out mobile. And so what they do is they just buy mobile. They're like, well, we've tried. We suck mm. at it. This other company kind of gets it. Let's just buy them. But they also, they've been sucking at it for years. Zynga's not great either, no. honestly. It doesn't have a ton of hits. So I mean, they had, well, that was Farmville, right? Yeah, and that those that days was a long. Remember Farmville? Like, it has been sent out to pasture long ago. <laughs> like there are already people who would describe themselves as having grown up playing Farmville. Yeah, yeah. So once upon a time, yeah, yeah. it was a big company, but not anymore. It struggled to find like. Be ready, people! Hit. Suddenly, you're going to wake up one day, and everything you loved, thought you were growing up with, or, or not even growing up with, stuff you considered new, is like 30, 30th anniversary now. Yeah. I'm like what? Welcome to our world right now. That's how I feel already. <laughs> yeah, there was like something where it was like um, some anime meme thing I saw. But it was like listing animes I've never heard of. And then someone off off panels like, it's like, Gurren Lagann's great. And someone's like, Gurren Lagann, get out of here, boomer. Like, what it, and I'm like, to me, Gurren Lagann's like new Gynax still. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah, it was after Evangelion. That's, 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 that's new I would shit. not even try to enter a discussion about anime with anybody right now. <laughs> I'd be like Vampire Hunter D. Yeah, go Akira. <laughs> They're like they probably think Vampire Hunter D is like just like the oldest thing ever. It's like the Bible or oh, something. Yeah. I mean, there was I saw a they thread. Found, saw a thread a while ago that was like uh, a few days ago. There's a thread that was like, is there anything anime wise from the 70s and 80s worth watching? And I'm like, <laughs> yes. I'd like, be like, I'm just gonna be quiet. <laughs> it's called Macross. Yeah, there's tons. Yeah, it's called Voltron. I mean, I grew up on it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, next, Twisted Metal. This just leaks galore. Twisted Metal reboot. Just got a new new developer. Lucid Games was making it. Now it's being developed by a first party studio in Europe uh, that is that's unnamed. A promising development. Yeah. They need to get it out for the t- when the TV show comes out. That's true. Yeah. They're like, and it, I guess they've looked at Lucid. They're like, yeah. bros, you aren't getting this done in There's time. There's a lot of weird sh- like, like today pre-order went up for a Nerf blaster that's modeled after Boba Fett's gun. Really? Uh, and it looks really cool. Like It loads with like a cylinder and all. It shoots like Ford Arts and stuff. It's cool. But you pre-order it, and it's supposed to ship in March 2023. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, you have it, to buy it now? And that happened with the – because I have the Mandalorian uh, rifle uh, mm-hmm. that they did. And that also – you know, that was a year. It took a year to come out. And I'm like, why is this stuff not ready in the calendar year? Yeah. Like, it's so why? weird. Like, like – You knew it was coming. You knew it was like- coming. It's clearly designed. <laughs> like, you know – and it's not even like the Mandalorian, but you know, like it's just Boba Fett's gun. It's the gun he's had since like 1980. You know, like, like you knew what it was gonna look like. Why didn't you just put it out? And um, it's weird. It's just like feels weird that like you're in the middle of the hype on this, and I'm not. You're not gonna be able to get this this you know toy for it until a year later when like you're gonna be barely thinking about that show. You're gonna moved on to Kenobi or whatever. Vincent says weird. they just released Farmville three in November. That blows my. I didn't even know. I didn't even know there was a Farmville two. There was a time when everyone I knew was playing Farmville. I know it was huge, like bigger than big. It's like for, it was like Fortnite. Yeah, is now. Which, by the way, all the kids are still playing. 
And there's also a Nerf blaster for that. I bet there is. There's everything for Fortnite. You could buy. And it just Fortnite, looks like an. It just looks like an M16. Like, and I bought a lot of it for my nieces and nephews. Even my nieces play Fortnite. The girls, they yeah. love it. It's oh, insane. Yeah. They're just girls they're, have always played video games, Shane. Yeah, they're, they're just all aren't addicted marketed to. to. Well, it's like my my nephews play everything. My nieces just play Fortnite. Mm. So the nephews are into it more, but the nieces are still playing, and that's cool by me. Um, Twisted Metal. Do you care? Like, nope. I don't I mean, I didn't care then. Yeah, I can't. I didn't either. I've never I, liked Twisted Metal. I can't believe there's a TV show for it, but they're turning every I game mean, I into guess, a TV I mean, I guess I can see if Sony lines up a bunch of their IPs in front of, like, movie studio or TV studio people. Like, they look at that and think it looks cool. Yeah. Um, in a weird edgelord way. <laughs> but, like, oh, I mean... Especially if you're like Netflix or whatever, because it's like, oh, the weird crime murder stuff does really well. Like, let's get the serial killer ice cream clown. <laughs> I do like that our chat started rolling out with the 80s and 90s anime. Mm-hmm. Ninja Scroll, Fist of the North Star. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a few of Galaxy them Galaxy Express 999. Yeah. <laughs> Put some respect on Leiji Matsumoto's name, people. Yeah. Uh, Congrim is asking if they consulted Jaffe. No, they did not, and Jaffe is very pissed yeah, off about it. Jaffe's not happy about that. Yeah, he, he he went on a tirade on Twitter. He's like, really? He's like, you work on it? I think they actually did. But what does the guy who made Drawn to Death think? Right, exactly. <laughs> I hate to say it, but Sorry, it's Jaffe. true. <laughs> I think they actually did at least get on one call Nobody with asked him. me what the new X-Play should be either. So <laughs> exactly, it's cool. exactly. That's how it works. Um, I think they did ask him about the TV show. I think they had one like consulting call with him about the mm. show, but like he wasn't even aware that they were making a Twisted Metal game, and that really pissed him off. Mm. <laughs> and I, I guess I kind of get it. If it's like your baby and you created it, and they don't even want to know your input at all, that's a little weird. Um, but yeah, <laughs> he was he was not happy about that at all. Um, so yeah, I don't care about Twisted Metal. I don't care about the show. I don't care about the reboot of the game. It just feel like it's just this dinosaur. Yeah, I never. I mean, I never liked the car combat stuff to yeah. begin with. I never thought that was a, a good genre at all. Like, yep. it just felt loose and like clunky, and nothing felt like it worked right, and there was no balance to anything. And like, there was always there's always one character that could run roughshod over everybody, literally, usually. Yeah, well, it's like so weird. Like to fire your gun, like you'd have to. Like hit tap like down up up or some crap like yeah they're like special moves and yeah. stuff and they're like in addition I don't know like we could never get the hang of it really yeah I just never enjoyed it I was like this just feels clunky and weird to me yeah so I had friends who loved it though I tried I tried to play yeah I really and we'd tried play, and we play like two rounds and he just destroy us and we'd be like okay all right let's, let's do something move else on. <laughs> let's move on. Yeah. I tried and it just didn't eh, yeah 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 and, and like uh I got really tried on the on Star Wars Demolition the Star Wars one yeah just it's just no yeah. Well, there's Smuggler's Run from Rockstar. Right. And Inter- that- Interstate 76 is probably the best one, yeah. I'd say. That was kind of the 70s flavored one. Yeah, right? that was like a, like a 70s like disco kind of yeah. thing. And they did a sequel, Internet, I think, Interstate, I think, 82, which was not as good. Yeah. Car combat, not my thing, although I yeah. do love playing like Mario Kart Battle Mode. Yeah. I have a ton of fun with that. Block 4 only, though. Block 4. The only one that matters. Um, and then finally, the last league we're going to talk about. I told you there's tons of these. And there's actually two of them for this studio. Quantic Dreams. There's two leaks. One is that it looks like it's Star Wars game Eclipse is not going to release until, not exaggerating, like 2025, 2026, mm-hmm. 2027. I mean, I did say that was a ways out. Yeah. Uh, and especially now that they're having trouble filling them. And look, 
I think there's a non-zero chance that game gets taken away from them. Yeah. The response to them making it has been so negative. It has. Um, not, And it's one of the weird things where it's like you've got some people that are mad that like this developer that has abused his people and has, has a lot of sexual harassment problems and like it's like weird, you know, you know, toxic, uh, toxic stuff. David Cage saying that thing about we don't make games for the F word kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's like just um, awful. And so you got people that are mad about that. And then you got people that don't care about, you know, that, you know, would normally be railing against people being upset about, you know, the wokeism or whatever. Yeah. But like, they're like, these, everything these guys make sucks. Yeah. And I don't want to play a Star Wars <laughs> game by them either. So it's like, it's one of the few times I've seen yeah. like kind of the anti woke and the woke people, like both on the same side. Like, we just don't want to play this game one way or the other, anyway you slice it. So please give it to somebody else. Yeah. Wonder um, Twins activate in the form of Angry Gamer. Yeah. So uh, I think there's a non zero chance this goes to somebody else at some point. Uh, I would be very in favor of that because I do not need to see what Quantic Dream does to Star Wars. We've already had Rise of Skywalker. We have suffered enough. Well, maybe Quantic Dream is hedging its bets and it is afraid that it's going to lose a Star Wars game because the other leak around the studio this week was that, do you remember that old Dark Sorcerer demo for for PS4 that was shown? I think it was at the PS4 debut at E3. It was was like a hardware demo kind of thing. It is turning it into a full game. I do feel like people asked for this. Yeah, this was a popular thing at the time. Like six years ago or whatever. Yeah. If I feel like people were like, why isn't this a game? Well, now it is apparently being turned into a game. Uh, it's weird because it's just literally a scene set in one room that they're going to turn into an entire game. It's like when you see it and it impresses you, yeah. you're like, well, yeah, that makes like sense. More- so is it like going to be in-universe or is it going to incorporate the fact that the end of this is clearly a set? It's like set. It's not real, you know. Yeah. The, the twist at the end of this video yeah, it's is breaking, it's, it's, it's like breaking a, the third wall. It's all yeah. faked. Yeah. I don't so, know. I is it going to be breaking the fourth wall, the game? Yeah. Like, <laughs> is he going to be really a sorcerer in the real world? Right. Like, that would be very David Cage. <laughs> it would be. That he's like, a, he's like an actor who plays a sorcerer on a TV show, but when he, he's yeah. a real dark wizard when he goes home yeah. in modern day or something. It is interesting. Whenever this was shown for the first time, people were like, there's no way that's like real-time PS4, blah, blah, blah. And now uh, it definitely was. Yeah. Like, no, it's just like, yeah, it's that's fine. Yeah, it's, it's it looks pretty right. good. Like, it's, it's funny how quickly... And even with the law of diminishing returns that we're getting with hardware now, still, like, that would be a joke to the PlayStation 5, mm-hmm. this scene right that we're seeing right now. But when PS4 was, like, being shown, we're like, oh, I don't know, that might be another bullshot, like, kill zone or whatever. Um, and as it turns out, you could absolutely run this on PS4. No problem at all. The animation and all that kind of stuff is probably something that's a little higher level than for so what much, would be in a real like, game I but i don't see anything in this that isn't like a, you know technically on par feasible. with something that was in like uh, be- uh detroit become human yeah it's absolutely true um so there you go that is the the leak roundup as the lower third says the faucet was open the entire time i was gone it mm-hmm. was just like every other day there was some big leak coming out we figured we just round them all up into one top into one topic for you guys to kind of keep them neat and clean um of all those, which one intrigues you the most? Um, I mean, probably Fallen Order 2. Yeah. Just because of what it is. Um, but I think that's next year. Yeah. Oh, um, I don't think it's coming so, this year. I mean, so there's that and Armored Core being a maybe a Souls game. Like, that's cool. But in terms of stuff that I'm more immediately interested in, like Dying Light being big and robust is a nice nice bit of news. Cause I, I never thought I was going to spend 500 hours playing it. But it's like to know that it's still... 
you know, big and has a lot of stuff in it. It's cool. Most of this news was good news. Because there's an That's element. That's awesome. It's part of me that I'm excited about. Yeah, there's part of me that was worried that, like, because of the trouble development of Dying Light 2, that they might have had to pull, like, a Bioshock Infinite where they just cut everything out of it and just ship it. We're about to talk about that. Yeah. Nice segue there, Matt. People get mad at me when I say nice segue. Mm-hmm. They're like, just let the segue happen, and we'll decide if it's a nice segue. I'm like, okay. Breaking immersion. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, of all the things in that topic that I'm excited about the most, it would probably be Mario Kart 9. I hate to say it. I'm a big Mario Kart player. Um, and I haven't played it now for like three years because I rung Mario Kart 8 dry like years ago. So I'm excited for the prospect of a new Mario Kart. I have never played Mario Kart 8. Really? I don't own it. In neither incarnation. Nope. For Wii U or for Switch. Nope. Wow. I played it a lot. I don't, really care. I don't want to play I don't really it care about it. I don't have anyone to play with, so uh, I don't care. That's the key. You got to have people to play with. All right, let's move on. As I said, Matt knocked the segue out of the park. We're going to talk next about Ken Levine's next game. This is a big story that was broken by Bloomberg and Jason Schreier. Um, more reporting. Why does Jason never report any Good news. Good news isn't news. <laughs> you ever thought about that, though? If it bleeds, it leads, It Shane. does. I mean, I totally get that. And, you know, they drill that into your head when you go to college and you're a journalism major. But don't you find it funny that, like, all the stories that he uncovers are always bad news? Well, it's always easier to get people riled up about stuff and upset about things. Like, you're not going to get the same number of clicks if you, like, report that, you know, the employees at Insomniac got really good muffins this morning. Well, no, you report that because, they're, because they're that working happens on... every time. Yeah, exactly. But you report that they're working on this game that's going to blow people's doors off, and, like, you have the first details on it. Yeah, but anybody game. can do that. Jason Nobody Sh- does, though. Jason Sh- Well, they do. You, that's what previews are, basically. No, um, I'm saying exclusives. I mean, this is ex- he does, he breaks exclusive. Right, but, but information. he breaks exclusives because he gets the, the dirt. Yeah, like there is. It, Why doesn't he get the light? In because the, to the dirt? because the companies are happy to share the good stuff. Yeah, you don't need a Jason Schreier to get the good stuff. Yeah, well, to get it early, you probably do. Mm. Jeff Keeley. Or you just need that's to ride what, the subway. That's what Keely's next for. to Ubisoft's building. Right, you, you got to get a, <laughs> an airline seat behind a guy, a Ubisoft employee with a laptop. Yeah, exactly. That's, what, that's how all their stuff gets uh, gets leaked ultimately. Uh, but anyway, another great uh, again, another great story from Jason Schreier. This one I really thought he was written really well. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes his stories are just like they're not written poorly, but they're just an information dump. But I really enjoyed reading this article, and basically. I mean, I hate to say it, but it just sounds like Ken Levine is an asshole. Yeah. Um, yeah is there know. another word that you could use to better describe no, I mean, what was portrayed in the article? No, that's, that sounds pretty accurate. Here's the thing. like, The two things on this that, I, that my response to this was like, on one hand, it feels not super surprising that someone who kind of became one of the auteurs of gaming would kind of start believing their own hype in that way. Because that um, does appear to be what happened. It does happen, yeah. yeah. The, on the other hand... Um, I know a couple people that are working on this game, and they do not agree with the article. So you know a couple people from Ghost Story Games. Uh, I know people that are working on the game, but not at Ghost Story. Not because now they've had to farm it out to other. Yeah, yeah. But they have because they're not getting it done. They have not had the same complaints. Let's say. Oh, okay. So they've enjoyed working with him. Yeah, but it's also like you know everyone's working remote. He might right. be a terror in an office. Right. You know, who knows? Second, I have met Ken Levine a couple times, and I was I've ex- met him a bunch of and times, and I expected him to be an asshole. 
Like, for something about him, maybe he just has resting... He's a little pretentious. He is, but I expected him to be, like, super pretentious. I expect him to be kind of a David Cage figure. I expect him to be like, I'm only in video games because I ended up here, and I'm trying to tell real stories, and one day I'll tell real stories that don't have to rely on these stupid video games. And I met him, he's a giant nerd. He played D&D yeah. in a basement. Mm-hmm. He loves video games. You know, like, I really enjoyed talking to him. And oh, I didn't have to dude, work with him. He's smart as a whip. He is, very much. You can talk to him about anything. Oh, yeah. Like, it was, it was great. But, like, you know, obviously I have not worked for him right. that's a very and different a power difference. dynamic yeah. um you know i was introduced to him by adam sessler that is going to that'll help create a different situation yeah. yeah um but i liked him very much uh i've never had a problem with him no he's always i mean it's very easy for people like this though to know how they should portray themselves to certain right. groups of people i mean it's like i say to you all the time it's like people know who they can get away with that stuff right with and who they can't right and yeah Generally, the people whose salaries you're paying are people you can, yeah. or until recently. When were. you're the boss, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, it wouldn't shock me. No that pun this intended. Is, that this is, yeah, Bioshock <laughs> me. This also, because, like, I'm sure this kind of thing gets worse as frustrations mount. And Infinite was a very difficult development process, and it sounds like this has become, has become a very difficult development process. And I'm sure that makes you it heightens those kind of behaviors we should recap it a little bit so people understand what we're talking Mm -hmm. about basically and you know this is the crib notes version of of jason's story and you should absolutely go read it you can find it on sifted um but essentially the game has been in development for seven or eight years now Mm -hmm. they still have never had a working prototype um employees say that he's hard to work for he's incredibly demanding that he has them build things for months and months, and then he'll just come in and just kill the whole thing. Which, which would explain some things about Bioshock Infinite. Because he, during interviews after Bioshock Infinite launched, he said that they probably cut 60% of the stuff mm-hmm. that they built for the game. And it would explain why they had to bring in uh, Rod Ferguson. Right. Who is... The ringer. The, you know, the ringer, the fixer. You know, who, who is... He will ship a product. Yeah. Like, that is what Rod Although does. Although Diablo 4 is still... <laughs> Well, I mean, there. there's only so much you can do. Um, you see what he has to work with here. Uh, but, uh, no, he, it was clear that by if you played Bioshock Infinite, especially having seen that that demo in 2012, um, that was a – I mean, Bioshock Infinite, you know, no no shade to Bioshock Infinite because I do like it. I don't like it as much as the first Bioshock, but I do like it. Um, Bioshock Infinite is kind of a hack job. Yeah. When you really step back and look at it, like there's so many things clearly missing. I don't there's think barely you have to an step back. Two. I think you just have um, to watch the first couple trailers for it and yeah. then play the final game. And play the first third of it and realize <laughs> yeah. the second third, of, the second and third third of it are completely different because yeah. the story goes away almost. Right. And there's almost no development of uh, Booker and Elizabeth's relationship beyond those first couple scenes between them. Yep. And then the last third of the game is just a bunch of repetitive shootouts. Yeah. And, and then, like you get the big ending sort of re- reveals. But it, I always felt that it had less impact because I didn't really feel like you'd earn this relationship between these characters. I still really liked the game. Yeah, um, but it's not. It's like you not can what see I the, thought it was going to be. You can see be. the potential lane yeah. on the cutting room floor. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they I think uh, I do think the DLC, uh, uh, the the Rapture stuff, uh, the, the film noir Rapture stuff helped a lot. Yep. But uh, yeah, you could definitely see that that game got 
got butchered to get it out the door. Like yeah. it had that, that project had to be finished. I mean, he admitted it in yeah. interviews. He said that that's what happened. Um, yeah, and, and I was glad he did because I'd been having arguments with people who disagreed with me on that for a long uh, time. At that point, and I'm just like, no, there's clearly tons of stuff missing from this game. Yeah. Like that just opening. Watch the first couple trailers. Watch the, just watch, play the opening. Yeah, the opening where they set up all the racism stuff and the throw them baseball at the guy. All that, and it never fucking comes the up material, again. It never. Yeah, it doesn't. It's barely background material after that. Yep, and it's just like you. You set this up after that promising it opening. It never comes back to it again. Yep, agreed. Um, other employees said he's hard to work for. He's curt. He's short. He doesn't respect their intellect or their acumen or their opinions on how their game should be. It's all him, basically. Mm-hmm. Which, again, like there's just some managers that are kind of like that. Yeah. Also, there's a lot of high level creative types that are like that. Yeah. Like you, you know, you know, James Cameron built an empire on that. Yeah. And it's odd because. The and a lot of times, people like that are right. You're right. Like yeah. James Cameron's right when he, he gets right. when he goes hands on with everything, and yeah. he's like, "No, I, I got to do it my way." Like he's right. He ends up being right. Ultimately. I don't know if Ken Levine is as right. His um, games don't sell like Cameron's. Films, no, he, no he's sure. not made an Avatar. No. Yeah. Um, he might make an Avatar too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But a lot of the employees were complaining too, and this is so bizarre because for most studios. You want the parent company to stay away and stay out of your business and just keep signing the checks. Mm-hmm. And the employees here are saying that Take Two is so hands off that it's a detriment to the studio because mm-hmm. it allows Ken to just keep prototyping crap and never committing to final anything. Mm-hmm. And there are quotes from Ken in the past where he says that, like, Basically, you mess around for like four years until the publisher comes to you and says you need to finish the game, and then you finish it. Hmm. And the employees there are like, this did never comes. We never get that mm-hmm. mandate from Take Two, and so we just keep going on. And on. I mean, Matt, this Star game is citizen. exactly. This game has been in development for seven years, and we've never seen a trailer or anything for it. Well, it's time to start selling NFTs. <laughs> exactly, but. Most developed sell studios. pictures of spaceships, Ken. That seems to keep some people afloat. Yeah, exactly. Um, Most development studios cannot get away yeah. with that. Well, that's the thing is like you know James Cameron can be how he is because he produces results, right? Um, Ken has yeah. mostly um, produced results. He's just produced results, but not recently. Yeah, um, it's been eight years. Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy to think about. Come a long way from Bioshock PSP. It's crazy, or Vita though. or whatever that was. I mean, you, I can't think of any other developer that has been allowed to do this. Team Eco. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Star Citizen. I mean, they're not allowed to do it. They're being funded by... By their fans. By their fans slash their grift. Yeah. But uh, but otherwise, it's very rare. It's not common, no. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you could say that Rockstar North. Yep. But again... Rockstar North produces results I mean, when they finally put something results. out. Yeah. Like, big-time results. Like, Ken, I don't think, has ever made a game that sold over, like, 5 million copies. Well, no one's made a game that sells, like, GTA Five, Right. Yeah, like... But... But, yeah. A lot of people make games that sell more than 5 million. Right. And... Apparently, so do the Days Gone people, but that didn't help them. Right. Yeah. 8 million copies of that game. Interesting. Yeah. That was surprising to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that must have been deep discount. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, because I saw not that long ago, it had only sold 5. Yeah, like yeah, five a year or, and a half standard, or two years ago, yeah. was at five, and so yeah, they've discounted it, and people have bought it, and PC yeah. version. All yeah, that I don't think I don't know if Sony cares about so much about the three million copies it sold at nineteen ninety nine. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
so what do you take away from this story, Matt? Uh, we're not going to be playing that game for a while. Like, psh, ever. I'm yeah, starting to wonder maybe. if we'll ever play it. Yeah. Because he said it himself. It's going to take take two coming to him and be like, finish the effing game, dude. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't sound like they're... Because I also understand take two's position. It's like, okay, we just let him take as long as he wants. He's going to create this IP that eventually for us is probably going to be worth billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And so to them, they're like, he has a team of 30 people. That's nothing. And he pays himself whatever he pays himself. And that's nothing. So why not let him sit and fiddle and come up with this IP that could just become gigantic when we're just paying the salaries of a handful of people, a couple dozen people. So I understand Take-Two's perspective, why they're being so hands-off. Which is probably the whole point of letting him do that, make that studio. Right. Yeah, that's why it's what he wanted to do. He didn't yeah. want to have to manage like 300, 400, 500 people again. He wanted to just manage 30, but how do you get a game done with 30 people? Yeah, because like it, it's like if you wanted to make AAA stuff, you'd need a AAA team. Right, and that's what the, his employees are saying. Yeah. They're like, no, he is still living in the land of we have 500 people to make this game and we have 30. Yeah, say what you will about Peter Molyneux, but when he downgraded to 22 cans, he made a game where you tap phone screen for 40 hours. Right, he got it. He's like, like, okay, I don't have a team of 1,000 people. We're not making Fable 4 over here. We're making a weird little mobile game. And that seems to be where the big problem is. Ken can't seem to understand, like, 30 people can't do the work of 500. And so his employees are like, you know, he, he gives them a weekend to do something. He'd bring it in. It looks like it's made for an indie game. And he's like, that's not good enough. They're like, but it is good enough, dude. This is a 30-person team. Like, Mm -hmm. it's bizarre. Like, you need to shoot for, like, you know, game blanking on the game. The Metroid, like, any Metroidvania. You need to make a... Like a guacamelee or something. uh, I was thinking about the one with all the bugs. Like as in bad bugs or as in no, like the, the insects, actual stuff. insects. You know, the, 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 it's a big one. It's a Metroidvania like Soulsy game with the black and white. The, the everybody's played it. Bug snacks? It. No, it's on everything. It's a Metroidvania. I don't know. The black and white. There's it's, a million of them. No, it's it's uh, Hollow Knight. Oh, uh, Hollow Knight. Yeah, that might be a little bit low bar. I mean, I think he probably expects something. Yeah, start little... somewhere. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like unrealistic expectations for Mr. Levine, for the most part, that his developers are having to cash the checks, and there's no money in the bank. So it looks like we may not see this game for a really, really long time. Like what he's doing is what you would expect, like a Miyamoto to do. Mm-hmm. Like if if Miyamoto were to ever leave Nintendo and he would go to work, yeah, there's for- another example, Pikmin. Right, and he would go to work for some other publisher. Like I could mm-hmm. see the publisher being like, you know what, just let him do his thing. Mm-hmm. Let's give him his little team. He can work with them, and eventually he's going to come out with something that's going to make us billions of dollars. Ken Levine, I don't think, has the cachet to be doing this. No, probably not. But he is. So somehow, I guess he does, ultimately, in the end. He has managed to convince the folks at Take-Two. Well, Take-Two doesn't care. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it's like it's, you're just sort of ending up in a situation like a Gus Van Sant and Jay and Silent Bob situation where we're too busy counting Rockstar's money to <laughs> care what Ken Levine's doing over Will there. Will we ever see this game, Matt? I don't know. What do you think the odds are that it'll ever be released? Um, I don't know, probably like three to one. Yeah. It might happen, but, you know, if you've got Ken literally sitting there admitting that he won't do anything until Take-Two tells him to do something, it doesn't sound very good. No, it sure doesn't. Um, I'm not confident at all 
that we're ever going to play this game. Um, well, you don't even know what it is, so yeah, no so, clue, no, no great loss, really. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to be upset over something that you never knew really existed. Yeah, yeah. So there you I go. Mean, when I saw this story, it was more like, oh yeah, he was supposed to be making something. Because it's like, been eight years, yeah, Matt. I forgot, dude. Could you imagine working anywhere? They hire you, and they're like, okay, we want you to make something, and they just let you work on it for eight years without showing you showing them anything. Yep. He's a lucky guy. That's all I can say. Hmm. And unfortunately, it sounds like the people who are working under him are, are the unlucky ones because they've had to try to fulfill his unrealistic expectations for the last eight years. Yeah. I mean, some people would probably like that. Like job stability. You don't have to worry about producing anything. Well, one one of the points that what some of the employees made was that it's doomed my career because mm. I have nothing on my reel. Right. You've not made anything. I have nothing to show. I've not shipped anything. I, I don't have credits in a game anywhere. Like, if I try to leave here, I I can't release the assets because I'll get sued. So they're, like, stuck. They're mm-hmm. like, I can't get a job somewhere else because I can't put together a portfolio to get jobs. Well, once that kind of falls apart, a project falls apart, you would be allowed to do that. Probably, right, provided so. it does, that happens. But they're going on eight years now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Imagine being an artist. Who did all the well, art yeah, for this game? The, I think that's one of the reasons that Shrier ran the story is because with this story out there, now those people can say I'm part of that project. That's true. That article, even if you can't show what you can't on. show it, you can sort of say, <laughs> or at the very least, it sort of lays the groundwork of like I'm, I can show you stuff in the interview, but you can't share it. T- share it with anybody. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, like you could so fi- you could bring like a physical portfolio <laughs> in and show some stuff. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. that's something you could get away. It still with. sucks. Oh yeah, for them. That's not really the way. And I'm sure that's not what they thought they were signing up for yeah. when they signed up to make a game I mean, by the guy who made scenario, Bioshock. You, you know Ken Levine. Yeah. So you know it's not going to be a two year development cycle. No. But you figure five, six years max. Yeah. And you also believe in what he wants to do because yeah. you know I'm, you know he always has something he wants to do and he's he's very creative ideas, creative so. and passionate about what he's what he's talking about. You know he knows his stuff. Like you said, he's very smart and he knows something about everything. And there's and he you know I've never seen him not have an answer to a question, so yeah I'm sure uh, that's part of it too. Like you'd, you know, I'm sure early on it feels like you were in really good hands, and they they probably felt like they were like oh yeah he know he's got an idea he knows what he's doing, and it's just going to take some time to to figure it out, and then somewhere, and then somewhere around seven, year five you're seven like seven years late there, <laughs> seven years we still later. don't have an alpha, <laughs> and we're not star citizens so that's not okay for some reason yeah, but the checks keep coming. So, it's a years bizarre start si- coming and they don't stop coming. <laughs> it's a bizarre situation, uh, but anyway, there you go. That's Ken Levine's Ghost Story Games is the name of the studio. You may have forgotten that too because it's been seven years or eight years, uh, but when it was announced that he started that studio, and they have yeah. nothing to show for it. So, yeah, I would say it's fifty-fifty probably whether it ever comes out. Be my guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about another big announcement that came out while we were all away. And this one actually is a little bit older, but I still wanted to talk about it because it was kind of a seminal game for Matt and I when we were both kind of in the heyday of our G4 days. And that is a remake of Splinter Cell is on the way. We've been waiting for Ubisoft to announce a new Splinter Cell game ever since we've launched Game Face, it feels like. <laughs> I feel like we've talked about like at like E3 or Gamescom how many times have we been like, they're probably going to show a new Splinter Cell, and it never happens. Mm-hmm. And then finally we get an announcement, and as it turns out, it is just a remake of the very first Splinter Cell. Matt, what kind of work do you feel like 
they're going to have to perform on this game to make it relevant in 2023. No, they're going to have to make it playable. Um, right. Going back to this old Splinter Cell games is rough. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially the first one. Because it was just, even back when it came out, it was this kind of clunky. It was very clunky. And uh, kind of, you were you were a, sort of a, a beholden to the animations of the character. And the animations are weird. Very slow and weird. And <laughs> it looked really cool. It was like one of the first games on the original Xbox that had, like, really cool lighting. Lighting. Yeah. And, um played with the lighting like you know you, you put it on those like 1080i uh <laughs> projection lcd screens yeah. and i go oh that looks amazing uh-huh. so, um you can see how how uh you know there was like the the water stuff on on his uh outfit and oh stuff. yeah and you're like, even oh, look the how. hud look at the hud in this this is not the original is it and yeah, it is and yeah. i did love how in their developer doc that they put out they used those graphics in the developer doc so, which means they're probably going to bring them back for the remake. I'm just like, what? Okay. Yeah, this is the original. And you see the light meter over on the right there. Like, again, that's something you don't really see in games anymore. Um, lots of shooting light bulbs in this game. Yeah. I just, I really struggle. I remember sometimes I'd run out of ammo because I was shooting all the light bulbs. Yeah. I do struggle to understand how they're going to make this game relevant for today's audience. Yeah, well, especially, I mean, I don't know, like, a re- so you're remaking it. Does it still take place in, like, 2002? I don't think they're going to change any of that type of stuff. Because, like, this was a very immediately post-9-11 right. game. Like, the, the, the flavor of the Tom Clancy stuff at the time was very different than what I think would fly today. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know. I know we don't let go of anything in this industry IP-wise, but reinventing Sam Fisher is probably a better idea than remaking him, especially if you're not going to use Ironside. I loved it at the time, but this is really a game where time has moved on beyond it at this point. Yeah. And I just... I'd rather have a new game, I'll be honest. I'd rather have a new Splinter Cell than them trying to kind of shoehorn this into how modern gameplay mechanics and level design and everything. I mean, they even said in the developer doc that they're not going to mess with the level design. It's continued to be very linear, very like, now you do this, now you do that. Um, Not a lot of player agency. How about that jump? That was weird. (laughs) I mean, that's how it works. You do like that wall jump, and that's the animation for it. It's so bizarre. And But you also have to find a wall that agrees with you that you can do it from that wall. It was very... Very situational. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah, like um, just like trying to get the game to agree with you that like I was aiming at his head. Right. I was exactly the fucking laser pointer was on his head, and somehow I still missed. I don't understand. Yeah, it was a little discouraging to me to hear the developers who were working on this talk about how concerned they were about keeping it true to the original. <laughs> like I wanted yeah, I to hear the opposite. Uh, like <laughs> I was like I don't. Preserving think that's i think you think people want to hear that but they probably yeah, really the real don't. remaining appeal of the early splinter cells to me is the the um later ones uh exploration of uh, multiplayer and yep. co-op like yep bob and steve bob and steve one of x plays i would argue one of x plays funniest segments ever thank you it was great i would agree but that would be egotistical well, <laughs> um, matt produced those by the way some of, I mean, I I performed in them. Uh, Paul Bonanno. Oh, wrote, Paul, wrote, that's right. Them. Paul Bonanno was a producer for this. Yeah. I mean, 
You were one of the voice actors. Yeah, I was Steve. Jason Chung and I were were, were Bob and Steve. Bob and Steve. And we <laughs> yeah. did some improv stuff. Like ninety percent of it was written by Paul. Yeah. If you guys have not seen those, go on YouTube and check them out. They're basically cooperative Splinter Cell. Ma- machinima, machinima, yeah, machinima, yeah. Uh, some inappropriate humor by modern yeah, standards. Yeah, yeah, maybe now. by modern it was, standards. It was 2005. <laughs> yeah. They're funny though, man. They were really um, good. Um, so some good stuff came out of this, ultimately. Yeah, and I thought the the competitive mode, like the asymmetric comp- competitive mode with the guards versus spies thing, that was fun. Yeah, that wasn't bad either. Yeah. But like I, the main games of you know this Pandora Tomorrow and Chaos Theory, mostly I remember them for their stupid names. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Um, I mean, Pandora and, tomorrow in particular is about trying to um, release a virus to create a pandemic. Right. Uh, so I guess good luck. Sam with that, Fisher that one. also was basically a piece of cardboard in this game. Yeah. He had no personality. Yeah. No. This whole game didn't have any personality. Like the, uh, him. Yeah. Him and his the controller was like kind of kind of trying to do like a solid snake in the kernel yeah. thing. Uh-huh. But it's like I only remember his handler was named Lambert because I can just hear Michael his Ironside saying Lambert, Lambert yeah, like over and over again. Like, <laughs> I don't know anything else about Lambert except what he looks like. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm not too excited about this. I really no. wish that they had just announced a brand new game. I mean, if this gets us to a brand new game eventually, maybe. Cool. I hope like... that they're not basing the sales of this on whether they will build a new game because. Well, I'm sure they have a certain level of expectations for this versus what a new game would do. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Splinter Cell remake coming. They haven't really said like. It also when. feels like like it feels like you don't need this in the Tom Clancy album at this point. Yeah. You know, you've got Ghost Recon. Yeah. Doing the open world fit? thing, and you've got um, uh, Rainbow Six Siege doing the multiplayer free to play game as a service thing, and like, Rainbow Six doing the asymmetrical zombie shooter thing. Yeah, if that ever comes out. <laughs> and it's uh, coming out like this month. And then like this is like you know. Stealth games, really? Like, yeah. are we still doing that? Like, and if we are, haven't they progressed so far beyond what this did that yes. you need to basically reinvent it completely? Yes, exactly. Yep, I agree with you a thousand percent. So, there you go. It's coming. We'll see if they finish it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they may have second thoughts ultimately and be like, "Wait a minute, what are we thinking about here?" Maybe the better question is, why are there so many damn remakes? There um, are so many, Matt. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I think part of it is uh, preserving stuff is fine. I'm cool with that. And uh, but it's also it's also faster and easier to remake something proven than to make another two hundred million dollar triple A game. Yeah. So I don't mind that. Like, there, there I mind very it. very few times I've thought a remake was a bad idea. Not, I mean, SpongeBob SquarePants. I mean, the people people bought it. Like, no, people loved it. a remaster, but yeah. uh, you know, like I don't think we needed the uh, Crash remakes. No, but I hate Crash. I know a lot of people donate Crash. They like it. They sold a lot. very it sold well. Very well. So, and it got us the uh, Spyro remakes, which was cool because I do like those games. Yeah, they don't really hold up, but and mm. look, I'm completely aware that people younger than myself are like, well, I didn't play them the first time, and so right. they're totally cool with it. And the industry is obviously getting that as well. Just selfishly. I wish there were more new games and less remakes. And this is just another example of, you know what, I could do without this remake of this old clunky game. Let's make something that people in 2020, 2023 might want to play. But, yeah. Um, okay, let's move on. It's time for us to get into our 2022 previews. We're going to tackle the big three today. And then we're going to tackle... PC and third party in next week's show next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash games. 
Um, we'll be here every week going forward. Um, we're going to kick things off with Nintendo. Nintendo did not have a great year last year. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great either. Uh, both of us handed Platform of the Year for 2021 to Xbox, and I think it's well-deserved. I didn't see a lot of people arguing with us about that on mm-hmm. the site or on YouTube. Um, I think it was pretty obvious, in honesty. Yeah. Xbox just had a great year last year. Um, I think things are changing, though, for 2022. Uh, but we're going to kick things off with Nintendo, then we'll move to Sony, and then we'll finish it off with Microsoft. Uh, so let's start talking about Nintendo in 2022. I was under the impression, Matt, that there was like this huge backlog of stuff for Switch that had been announced and just hadn't been released yet. But we're really kind of no. getting... No. Yeah, we're... we're- we didn't know anything about what they were putting out until like halfway through last year. Yeah. So we're really just sort of working Well, we over. were like, okay, what's up with Splatoon 3? What's up mm. with Bayonetta 3? All that kind of stuff. What's up with Shin Megami Tensei? And like a lot of some of that stuff came out. Most of it's scheduled yeah. now for the early part of the year. I mean, we're back again with a position where like we don't know what the second half of Nintendo's year looks like. You're right. But Which the is first another reason half. I'm telling you about Zelda not being a holiday game. Interesting. Because we already know about it. Okay. Um, first up, Pokemon Legends Arceus, or Arceus. We actually have a person who works at the door here in our office building who listens into our podcast mm-hmm. and was wondering why we were calling it Arceus. He is a big Pokemon yeah, fan. Because that's what they say in... And that's what they say Nintendo's in, in Nintendo's official media. Well, they do say Arceus in the, sh- in the show. Apparently in the show in it's the, Arceus. in the English dub. Yep. And I will say this. When I voiced the script today for uh, the 10 games worth buying this month, I went with Arceus. Um, but you can use either. It is an open-world Pokemon game, but it still does have turn-based battles, which is a little weird. But the Pokemon hunting, as far as capturing the Pokemon, really is kind of set in this open world. Um, Other initial indications are that the world isn't completely open world. It's kind of like a little bit like God of War 2018. You have big, huge Mm -hmm. areas, but there's kind of loading in between them. That's also kind of the way the last mainline Pokemon was as well. Um, they give you this illusion of an open world, but really it was just these big patches of land that were yeah, connected which together. Is really, I mean, there's, you're, you're hitting a distinction without a difference these days. With yeah, those. it doesn't really matter that much, let's be honest. As long as there's big open areas where that kind of changes the strategy of how you play, that's good enough yeah. for me. It doesn't matter if it you can run like 20 miles without a load yeah, screen. Like the only difference is really like, do you switch to a different map to fast travel or scroll around one big one? Yep, yeah. that's true. That's a good point. Um, this game comes out on January 28th, so it is literally coming here in a couple weeks. Um, are you excited for this game, Matt? Uh, I don't know if excited is the right word, but I'm interested. I, I do want to play it. I'm more excited for this than, like, the last two Pokemon games. Sure, yeah. I'll say that. Um, yeah, it, it'll be something different, something yeah. new. Yep. Um, so I'm excited to check that out. So I'm that's... just curious what they're going to do. With it, you know, I just I wonder what this is, what it's like to do. I mean, I know they've shown it and everything. I mean, like, some of these trailers, if you start watching, it, it's insane. Like, there's crazy stuff in this game. Like, lots of ways to get around the world, yeah. which is cool. Like, I'm, I think it's more exciting probably for someone who more grew up with Pokemon and finally gets to sort of see this world realized that way. I yeah, mean, I was 22 when it came to America. I was a little beyond the yeah. target eye. Yeah, but I still like it, and I'm curious to see what it looks like. Yep, and see what it plays like and what they're doing with it. I'm curious how they get past the. Um, Part of the one of the obstacles I think for like a real time action maybe driven Pokemon open world game is like the your character doesn't do anything. You're kind of working through pop through yeah. proxies all yeah. the time, and that can it kind of leads to a sort of a 
you know, a problem uh, in terms of like making an immediate Real feedback time. action game. Yeah. So I'm curious how they handle that. It looks like they're mostly just sort of adapting the turn-based strategy, the, the turn-based combat into something a little more immediate. But yeah, it's still turn-based though. Yeah. You're still picking your attacks from a list and taking turns with your attacks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. My question is just sort of like, is it going to feel different enough? from the normal Pokemon games? Or is it going to be like, a, oh, this is what Pokemon should have been a long time ago, but even That's so... That's what I'm hoping for. But yeah. even so, it's sort of like it still feels a little archaic even by what it is. I would say that's probably how it's going to be because <laughs> it's Game Freak. Like, I mean, you can go ahead and warm up that archaicus... <laughs> title for the CG like right now I think yep but, and you also get also on the heel whatever that what's that Korean game that like looks like it's gonna do what Pokemon should have done like 10 years ago you know Temtem or whatever yeah. it is like, yeah that thing looks good it does look good yeah this game doesn't look bad but I bet no, you not it, at all but I like, bet you it runs like ass at certain probably, parts <laughs> probably but but it's just I'm just saying like you know you're you're really at this le- level where like I mean I think if I were Nintendo I would be nervous about that Korean game because it looks like it's doing stuff that Pokemon could have done a long time ago but just didn't because they don't want to evolve the format. It's yeah. weird how it's weird how like Pokemon piss off fans. Well, yeah, but Nintendo pisses off fans all the time. It, it sure does. They're constantly changing shit. Yeah, like if you're got the if you're gonna put that the stupid Emmy stuff in Metroid Dread, you could sure as hell put some new ideas in Pokemon that that don't just involve any new types or whatever. Yeah, we'll see. Andy T. Monhan's asking, can't your character get hit by a wild Pokemon if disturbed? Yeah, like the, yeah. the actual catching of the Pokemon, that's all kind of real-time, real action. It's mm-hmm. when you actually fight is when it goes to the turn-based combat. So there is there are elements of this that are much different than most Pokemon games. I'm excited for it. Like, it's one of, I mean, it was the thumbnail for 10 games worth buying in January. Um, I think it's probably the most exciting game coming out. This month, if you're looking for stuff that's new, there's a lot of kind of big remakes or remasters or PS5 versions of stuff mm-hmm. uh, that's coming out. There's a PC version of Monster Hunter Rise this month, that ki- that type of stuff. This is probably the biggest original game that's coming out in January. Coming right out of the gate, a big Pokemon game, which is awesome. Uh, also coming out this year and announced is Advanced Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp. This is coming out on April 8th, um, and it's basically the next scheduled game from first-party studios at Nintendo, um, and it is a remake of the classic GBA turn-based strategy grid-driven games that Matt and I love to death. Some of you guys may have never played them. This is a great handheld game. That's the best way I can put it. I flew to Japan one time with this game and literally played it the entire 11-hour flight, and it went by like the blink of an eye. Mm. Um, These games are great handheld games. Because uh, they're turn-based. So you can always just hit pause, throw it in your bag, and pick right back up whenever you get another, another chance to play. The strategy is intense. Don't let the graphics fool you. These games are not for kids, although I'm sure kids are they're like geniuses now. Kids can now. figure that yeah, stuff out. <laughs> they can. But even as an adult, I struggled with some missions where I'd have to play like some missions like over and mm-hmm. over and over just to get it just right. Um, I'm a big fan of this franchise. I do not think you'll regret it if you pick it up in April. Again, it's coming out on April 8th. And the rest of Nintendo's games don't really have hard release dates, but we other than just like 2022. Next up, Bayonetta 3. Finally got the first look at gameplay late in the year last year of this. This is the trailer with the gameplay trailer for it. Um, after four years of wondering what the hell was going on with it, we finally got a real look at the game. No release date for it yet. Um, 
I tend to think it'll come out this year. Do you think it is, Matt? Yeah, I actually think it's probably. I would. I think it's going to be August or sooner. Okay, so like late summer, early fall. Yeah, something like that. Um, because Maybe before that. I mean, they do have a window there. April eighth, after Advance Wars comes out, they you know they have the whole rest of the year ahead of them to try to fill with releases. Um, Bayonetta three. I think it'll do as well as it's going to do no matter when you release it. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot I don't think of, it matters. No. <laughs> I really don't think it does. It's got its audience, and... And that's that. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think any other game is going to keep people from buying it either. No. Like, a competition, I don't think, will affect it one way or the other, whether good or bad. The people no, that that's, want that's, it are going to buy it. That's kind of the, the, the advantage side of that, is, like, the people who want this game, there's nothing else that scratches that same itch. Yeah. Yep. So, I think so they're car- free. You know, character action games don't come out much yeah. anymore. Yeah. And when they do, uh, there's a difference between the ones that are made by the also rans and the and the heavy hitters that are you know platinum, basically yeah. platinum or Devil May Cry. It's one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that's left at this point. The only ones left making them. Uh, next up, another game without a release date: Kirby and the Forgotten Land, the first 3D platformer starring Kirby. Usually his the Kirby games, of us. Yeah, <laughs> it does kind of look like that, uh, and it does take place on like a post-apocalyptic Earth. That Kirby is somehow going to fix. It's, it's this, probably his fault. It probably is his fault. He probably sucked the whole universe up and then pooped it out or something, and this is what's left over. The descriptions of him and some of the, the bio stuff and things and some of that. Like, he's, a, he's a cosmic horror. Yeah. I mean, if you could suck up anything, I'd be petrified. Is, uh, like, they describe him as being an immortal with no limit to his power. That's scary. Like, he is. he is. No one knows what he is. <laughs> And you'll notice that in the Smash Brothers games, he's always the one that doesn't get killed. Vincent is saying Kirby is spring, May or June. Splatoon is July, and Bayonetta is August. You called it. That's what he's saying. I didn't see any of these dates, by the way. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Vincent's getting them from, but I personally did not see any of them. Um, Kirby 3D platformer, I'll give it a go. It doesn't look particularly interesting to me. Um, I always felt like... I his, admit, I want to know what the hell is going yeah. on. Like His powers always worked in 2D because you don't have to aim like the sucking. Yeah. It's like in 3D space, it's not as easy to do a lot of the stuff that well, Kirby typically like, does. They kind of go either way. It's like either that's very hard to aim and or they kind of auto-aim a lot of it and it's not as satisfying because you're not really doing it. Right, or you try to get specific. You're like, I need to suck that guy up, and it just sucks up yeah. the wrong character. Like That's what I'm talking That's the type of stuff I'm talking about. Maybe they'll find a system, a way to do it. Um, that makes it work, but I'm not holding my breath. Uh, it, <laughs> I don't know, man. They may regret this one, but uh, I'll give it a go because you, I have this like morbid curiosity of exactly how they're going to do it and how they cannot screw it up. Because right now, it feels like it's going to be. I was like, what is going on? Right? Like, why, why is, is there it, a big gorilla? In the- why is it a post-apocalyptic like, right. wasteland with like? Wait, what happened? What did you do, Kirby? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm kind of excited to check to check it out, but I don't know. It doesn't look all that interesting to me. Uh, next up, Mario Plus Rabbids Spark of Hope, which is the turn-based strategy game mm-hmm. that originally was built by Ubisoft. I guess it still is. Yeah, it's still This Ubisoft. one's still going to be developed by Ubi. Um, I never finished the first one. I played it for a good bit. But yeah, it was a long game. Eventually, I got to a point where I got stuck, and I just didn't want to keep going back and playing it over and over, and I quit. Um, but the game did very well, sales-wise, and with the critics, and it seemed like most people who bought it really liked it. Also a good handheld game, because it's also turn-based. 
Um, so I'm sure that had a little bit to do with it. And also the launch lineup for Switch wasn't especially crowded. So after you got through Zelda, you were kind of looking for that next thing. This seemed like it was the one that everyone turned to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the sequel should be bigger, better, more badass, as uh, I think Cliffy Klipazinski once said. Um, but wait, did Vincent say there was a date for this or not? No, he was guessing. Oh, he was guessing. Kirby being spring is confirmed, but I guess everything else, well, those were all guesses. Okay. Make sure you put that in your in the chat before I read it on the show. So everything I said earlier were just guesses. Um, yeah. So as I said when we started discussing this topic, other than Pokemon Legends Arceus and Advance Wars, all the rest of these games we don't have dates for. We really have no idea. We're just guessing at this stuff. Uh, next up. Splatoon 3, I'm a big Splatoon fan. I know you're really not. Mm-hmm. Um, I still play Splatoon 2 here and there. But this, I, I struggle to understand why this game's being made. I mean, there obviously are changes. There's like little, you know, one of the kind of finishers in this game now is you can roll into like a little mech or whatever. But I really feel like everything that I've seen in this so far could have just been added as DLC with Splatoon 2. It doesn't look any better. Um, it really looks like you're getting a couple new finishers, a couple tweaks, and some new maps. And they did say that the single-player campaign is going to be a little more involved than prior games, which is good because they were not very good in Splatoon 1 or 2. Um, I do like this world, and I do like the mechanics from it. They've just struggled to put it together in a compelling single-player experience so far, in my opinion. Uh, but maybe they can do that with Splatoon 3. Again, no date for that. And then, of course, the biggest one of them all which is Breath of the Wild 2, or whatever they end up calling it. it it's yeah. increasingly becoming clear that it's not going to be called Breath of the no, Wild 2. No, definitely not. It's going to be called Legend of Zelda subtitle. Something. Yeah. Um, but they're even just... The, even the video stuff says, you know, uh, you know, the sequel to Legend of Zelda, the Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, which is an interesting tactic, and I think it's smart. I mean, you out of the gate, you want people to associate this game with Breath of the Wild. Um at a certain point, they're going to have to announce the real title. My guess is that comes here in the next couple months, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, at E3 at the latest, I would guess. And you think this game comes out before the end of the year this year? Yeah. Um, I would still lean towards holidays, but... Because here's the other thing. I think they have something else for the holidays. Okay. Like Mario Kart 9? <laughs> Mario Kart 9, maybe. Um, or, uh, you know, it is time for a new Mario. Yeah. I guess it is. Yeah. Mario Odyssey was released in... 2017. 2017. Zelda and Mario in the same year. That was was one of the things about 2017. That's a good point. We haven't seen anything of that. No. The new Mario. So you're right. They could have one or the other in the middle. We know, like, last several years, they like to not show anything in the second half of the year until the second half of the year. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So you're thinking Zelda... I think we're getting another Zelda Mario year. Right, but when do you think we're getting Zelda? Uh, June, I think, July, like, June-ish. June, okay, yeah. and then Mario to follow up for Q4. Yeah, okay. Be, like in November for okay. Mario. I'm glad you added the Mario stuff because I didn't have it in the rundown at all. I mean, there's no confirmation of anything like that, but like, it's time. It makes sense. Yeah, it is time. Absolutely, it's time. And then the final Switch exclusive that we know about that's probably coming this year is a game called Triangle Strategy. 
which we thought was a working title, and as it turns out, it's not. It's going to be called this. Yeah, you you, uh, you can't put any titling things past Square. Yeah, <laughs> you never know, that's for sure. This is Square, right? It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's made by the same team that made... Um, why is the name slipping Please my mind? Please say Infinite Undiscovery. No, no. It's those other turn-based RPGs that are 2D. Um, Octopath? Rah. What? Octopath Oct- Traveler, yeah. Same studio that makes those. Yeah, you can see the, yeah, can the pedigree there. Yep. Um, and if you have played either of those games, then you know exactly what you're getting into with this stuff. Um, it's They're generally kind of low-budget productions. Yeah, but it almost looks like it'd take place in the same world. Yeah. Very similar art style. Art style, yeah. I mean, I like that art style. I like how their, their games look. Yep. <clears throat> and that's it. kind of it. a Final Fantasy Tactics flavor to yep. it. Yep. And that's it. That's all we know about for Switch. So based upon that, that's not that many. That's six games, maybe? Yeah. Based upon that, Matt, we had a discu- I had a discussion with someone on the site here over the last couple of days about when is the next Nintendo console going to be released. And I tend to believe it's still a ways away because mm-hmm. LED just released and, you know, they've a couple of years. It's been sold out. But the, the person I was discussing this with believes that it's coming before the end of the year. and Not a chance in hell. No? No. Um, before I was collecting the games for this, I agreed with you. But now, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just so little software left for Switch right now. Yeah, because they're not telling us anything about the second half of the year again. Yeah. Same thing happened last year. We didn't know anything about past July. Yep. Like, what the hell is Nintendo doing in the holiday season? The answer turned out to be not a lot. Right. But, um, no, they, they've done that several years now. Like, we just don't know about the second half of the year until we get to basically E3. Yeah. Slim pick. I mean, how long did it take before we even knew Shin Megami Tensei was coming out at all? Yeah. It was middle of the year, I think. They wait now. They yeah. wait until they're closer to the release date. Well, it does seem like they have enough games to keep the early half of the year pretty filled with mm-hmm. releases but after that it is kind of a black hole so um either nintendo announces a ton of stuff at e3 yeah. probably i mean they they are no this is not new for nintendo yeah the second half of the year being a black hole is almost standard operating procedure at this point yep okay let's move on to sony playstation whatever whichever Where is you metroid choose. prime 4 this is a whole different when story. metroid prime 4 gets announced that's oh. when you're getting the new system I can't believe I left that off the that's list. That's going to be a launch title for the yeah. new system. That's my, that's well, my Actually, experience. I can believe I left it off the list because we know nothing who about it. There's nothing else to say about it. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Uh, next up, Sony or PlayStation, however you choose. Um, and it's a different story with Sony. Yeah. There's This kid's year looks just ridiculous. Packed. Packed to the gills. There's probably some stuff in there we don't know about yet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it, if even three quarters of this stuff comes out this year, it's going to be a very good year for mm-hmm. PlayStation. Um, we'll start things off with the Uncharted Leg- uh, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves. That's also coming out January 28th. Yeah. That is a collection of Uncharted 4 and the, the story-based DLC, the expand-alone content for Uncharted 4 in one package for PlayStation 5. Um, it is a promotional tool, I believe, for the film, which yeah. is coming up here in a month or two. Oh, sure. You even get, like, a, either a free movie ticket or a discount on a movie ticket when you buy the game. Please see our terrible movie. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, it makes sense, though. Game's really good. I know, Matt, you didn't like it as much as I did, but I really I really liked Uncharted I like Lost Legacy a lot. And Lost Legacy, by all accounts, is amazing. I mean, I think most people consensus agree that, that – uh, 
that stand expand alone was great. I'll play Lost Legacy again just for the Sam Drake bashing. Yeah, and of course this is you know comes it has all the advancements that come with PlayStation Five, three D audio, better frame rates, um, higher resolution natively, all that kind of stuff. Um, so it should be pretty good. And again, that's coming here but before the end of January, just a couple weeks away. If you haven't played Uncharted 4 yet, this is certainly the ideal version that you should play. Um, I feel like everybody did play <laughs> Uncharted 4 already. but And yeah, so the PC version, I know you saw right there, it says and PC. Mm. The PC version actually isn't coming for a couple months. Um, but you'll be able to get it on PS5 on January 28th. Uh, next up, on February 8th, Saifu, Sifu, Sifu, which is that weird kind of kung fu game. Well, there's nothing, nothing kind of about it. it yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, an, it's a kung fu game, yeah. and it's odd. Like, yeah. the character models are very strange. Yeah, well, because of the how they're doing the animation and the, the inverse kinematic stuff and kind yeah. of the flow of the combat. So yeah. I'm very excited about that. It's game. pretty cool. And I don't know why, but for some reason, I do not have B-roll of this to show you guys mm. on, on the stream or on the show. Um it, it is. It's a shame because it is a very unique looking mm-hmm. game, and the way it moves, the way it looks, um, certainly different from anything else. That's coming on February eighth, and then the big dog, Horizon Forbidden West, on February eighteenth. Matt, it's like a month away. Yep. I'm really, really excited about this. Um, one of my most anticipated games of 2022 coming right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this thing's going to be a beast. Make sure you set aside some time for this. It's going to, I mean, the last game was gigantic. I think it took me 50 hours before I finally called it quits on that one. And, uh, yeah, that's on February 18th. And then on March 3rd, we get Babylon's Fall. It just went gold. The, yep, it's done. It's not going to miss this release date, which is good. Um, are you excited for this yet? No. It is a platinum hack and slash. No, I'm not too interested in this one. Yeah. I'll play it probably, but like I get fair or not fair, I get big Godfall vibes off this yeah, thing. It's it just feels very generic. And I know it as we've learned about it, we have discovered that it does have some kind of unique combat mechanics and things like that, but that might not be enough to to overcome how generic it looks in terms of trappings and every you know. There's nothing compelling about what they're showing here outside of the gameplay. Like, you know, there's there's other... Platinum sometimes struggles to sort of differentiate their games beyond the combat systems. Yeah. You know, like, why do I care about this world versus the other games you've made, you know? They look like they're all set in the same world. Like, why would I not just go back and play Nier Automata again? Right. You know, yeah. like, it's... Or Astral Chain or whatever. Yeah. Like, whatever it... appeals to you already. Right. Like... like it feels like there's enough depth in a platinum combat system that you could just go back and play a game you really like rather than play this thing that looks like like kind of weird brown and gray anime stuff. Like, yeah. Like, it, this almost makes me think, it's like, okay, cool, but, like, why am I not just going to go back and play, I don't know. Something I can buy for eight bucks? Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I, I totally agree. Um, Babylon's Fall is not resonating with me at all. Uh, but it is coming out just, like, two weeks after Horizon Forbidden West. It's on March 3rd. Next up, Gran Turismo 7. That's coming out. Kind of hard to believe. On Mar- it is. On March 4th. So, dude, that's insane. Forbidden West. Horizon Forbidden West, February 18th. Babylon's Fall, March 3rd. Gran Turismo 7, March 4th. Mm-hmm. You have three exclusives in like a three-week period for PlayStation. It's a big Q1. That's insane. Well, it's not even over. Because on May 24th... Well, Q1's over. But... Q1's over, Yeah. 
but the early part of the year isn't over yet. And on May 24th, you get Forspoken, which is Square Enix's crazy action RPG where you play as a girl from Brooklyn who gets transported to this strange land where she has to save the race of... It's it's a really bizarre game, but it's been growing on me. It's called Isekai. Yeah. What, the land where she goes to? No, the... the oh, the, the Japanese term the trope. For, right, it's yeah. A, which, by the way, goes back for, you know, that, that, uh, everyone kind of seems to think this is like some kind of weird, amazing new thing. It's like, this is a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court. This yeah. is like Mark Twain wrote about this. Like, zapping someone from the modern day into another world is like a class, you know, Alice in Wonderland. Like, it's, yeah. it's a classic uh, fiction trope, and uh, the trick is putting a new spin on it, which this one seems to be doing. Um, certainly the bracelet is a new twist. <laughs> the sentient um, bracelet. And I think this, to, for me, this looks enough like a kind of spiritual successor to Infamous that it definitely has my attention. Yeah. And Amy Hennig worked on it, so you've yeah, already true. got my I'm, I'm excited for this game. I can't wait to check it out. It's just so odd that it could be a total train wreck, but I want to find out if it is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so, again, that is coming out on May 24th. Yeah. So the first, And it's got enough distance from the, like, the heavy Q1 that I feel like you know I'll be ready for something else big and open again. Yeah. I mean, all these games that we've talked about are coming out in the first five months of this year. That's an incredible lineup. Um, then there's a bunch of X Factors. Final Fantasy 16, which we just found out has been delayed again. Yeah, and there's not a chance that comes out this year. You there's don't think? No way. No way. Because remember, we had those. We heard those no. rumors last year that it was almost done. Yeah. No. Yeah. They, they were. Do you I mean, think is this a strategic or it's by necessity that it won't be done? It won't be done. Okay. And, I mean, they were he, he, the director even said, like, you know, stay tuned for 2021. We'll have more to share. And then they didn't. And they put out a message on, like, the last day of 2021 saying, like, we'll see you in 2022. We'll give you actual information. I think we'll see it this year. I think they'll show it and we'll talk about it. But it ain't coming out this year. Wildly enough, we're spoken. What we're seeing right now is built by a lot of the yeah, people who worked Final on Final Fantasy 15. Which should make me worried. But uh, Yeah, which got- also... Would explain, yeah, maybe that's why Final Fantasy 16 isn't done Some yet. And but also, to your like, point of it's not coming this year, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And also, like, some of this, like, does look like if they'd had another year to do 15, maybe some of 15 would have looked more like this in terms it's possible. of the, the smoothness of how the combat works. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued by this game. We'll see how it turns out. Um, and then some other games, God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Coming this year, Matt, you think? Oh, yeah. I yeah? think it's making a holiday. You do? I think it's their October, November. Okay. It, I mean, it was supposed to come out last year, but I want, to me, once it missed last year, all bets are off. Disagree. You disagree. Once again, I've been saying it was not coming out last year since the year before last year. Uh, it was never going to be ready for that. There's no way. But I think it is ready for this year. I think okay. this, is, this, is your, this is your back half of the year anchor in the way that Horizon is your front half of the year anchor. Also keeping in mind that this was built really for PS4 first, so... Yeah. Yeah, as was Horizon. Right. So that um, does help. Yeah, so this is gonna this will be out in October, November, I have no doubt. Then again, this game should be huge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this year for PlayStation is just it's insane, really. Mm-hmm. Um and then some smaller stuff, Stray, although I think this game looks awesome too. Yeah, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a sleeper maybe, but I think yep. it's gonna be a big deal. Yeah, me too. I think it's gonna make some waves when it comes out. Because everybody loves cats. And if you don't like cats, I don't want to be your friend. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't like I'm cats. I'm being facetious, I know. But generally, people who don't like cats... But I'm not being facetious. I do not. If you don't like cats, I don't like... <laughs> I don't mean like, oh, I don't want to be, have a cat. Or I mean the people that want to kill cats. The people yeah. that, like, that aim for them on the road. 
This actually, um, Noob Taylor's asking in the chat, is Stray a PlayStation exclusive? I'm not 100% sure I about that. I believe it is. Yeah, I, I think thought it, it was. I think it was Sony. I think it's at least console exclusive, right? I think so. I thought it was Sony. I might be wrong. Yeah, I don't think it's coming to any other consoles at the very least. Um, but I'm not 100% sure if it's also coming to PC. Uh, Vincent says that it's coming to PC and PlayStation. Oh, uh, Windows, yeah. GS Gear says people don't like cats because they expect them to be dogs. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because I would rather have a cat than a dog. Cats are way lower maintenance, man. I don't have to yeah, walk exactly. a cat outside every time it needs to poop. Exactly. <laughs> it's a like, big difference. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm, part of the advantage of cats is like, I don't have to structure my day around them. Right, yeah. Or or come home and your whole couch is chewed up. Yeah. They'll just scratch well, your couch. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the new, then... My most recent current cat, the new one I got a year ago, she does scratch the couch. Oh, really? The first cat I've ever had. That, really? Because I, I didn't raise her from a kitten. Uh, to teach her, you know, I got, she's six years old when I got her. Yep. Because her old owner died. And so she does... You know, I, I have scratching post things everywhere for her to not... But she still, she ripped, up my, and... still ripped up my $3,000 couch. Yeah. It's uh that's the uh, I if I got another cat I would have it declawed. I hate to admit it, no, but I, w- you can't I would do that. I would you can't do it. Well then don't get another cat because that's literally <laughs> animal abuse. I hear everyone saying that, I don't care. Uh so Stray, we don't have a release date for that, but it is coming to PC and PlayStation. Next up, Ghostwire Tokyo. Mikami's next game. Um Have they announced Evil Within three yet, officially? Announced what? Evil Within, the next Evil Within game? No. Yeah, I don't think they have. Um, so this is Mikami's next game. It's weird. I'm still not 100% sure I understand even what it's about or what's going on. Um, they haven't really shown like a huge chunk of gameplay to explain it. Which... It reminds me of... Um, obviously of Telekinesis. Yeah, it reminds me of um, Machin X. A little bit. Like a weird first-person... Shin Megami Tensei style horror yeah. thing. I mean, it is different. Like, you look at it and you're like, I haven't really seen anything else that looks like this, and that's good. Uh, we need more of that in the industry. But again, we have no hard release date for that. And then the final thing that we know about that's at least semi PlayStation exclusive is Little Devil Inside. This has been shown since the PlayStation 5 debut. We're still waiting for it to come out. They did show some new elements of this game towards the end of the year last year. It's got one of those overworlds that look really where you, your character becomes really small, but you can literally actually do stuff in the overworld screen, whereas in a lot of games you can't. Um, but this has a very unique art style. I know, Matt, you said you're not a big fan of it. Yeah, I don't really like the, how the characters look. I yeah. like the world. I just don't think the characters really fit in it. I would probably agree with that. Which might be the point. I don't know. You know, that might be they might be going for that, but I just don't like how they look. But like Stray, this is also an indie. It's not going to stop me from playing it. Yeah, like Stray, this is like a double A game. I guess is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not quite big budget triple A stuff, but it still looks intriguing and good. And that's what we know so far of PlayStation's 2022 lineup. And that really only kind of gets us to halfway through the year. Um, surely there's going to be more releases towards the end of the year, which does make me wonder if Final Fantasy 16 might slide in there somewhere. I don't know. Um, again, because we got those Final reports. Fantasy 16 is not going to be ready this year. There's no chance in hell. Okay. I mean, again, we just got that report that it was almost done. Not that yeah, long. Yeah. Well, ago. reports can be out of date and wrong. That's true. If it was almost done, I think they would have fulfilled their promise from a year ago that they would have talked about it before the end of 2021. Yeah, it could be. Um, that tells me they got nothing. 
Nothing to show yet. Okay. Um, Sony's 2022 is looking pretty damn good. Yeah. As bad as its 2021 was, its 2022 looks like it's... And not that 2021 stopped them from selling their system out every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they're not going to sell PS5s because they still can't get them in stock. So um, Sony did not have a great year last year, I thought, other than the fact that their console sold like Yeah, Financially, they had a great year. Yeah. Software-wise, it was not. It was a down year for them. It was. But... I think it's going to make up for it this year. Probably because they lost uh, Horizon to this year. Yep. And now we're going to move to Microsoft. And I will say this. You ever seen the movie Trading Places, Matt? Yeah. (laughs) Because this is kind of what's going to happen in this year. Last year, Xbox had a great year, a surprisingly good year, with lots of exclusives and all the Game Pass buzz and everything. And PlayStation had an off year. This year, it looks like the roles are going to be reversed. Because Microsoft and Xbox and PC and Game Pass... There aren't a lot of big games coming this year. Some of these games that we're going to talk about right now, like they're not even confirmed for this year. They're kind of like wish and a prayer type stuff. Um, but one that was confirmed for April 28th and now just today was pushed back to fall 2022, which, as you all know, puts it in jeopardy of not coming out this year at all, is Stalker 2. Um, shown at the debut of Xbox Series X. I've never, I wasn't a huge fan of the first one. It's one of those Euro, for me, it's like one of those Euro jank first person shooters with a lot of atmosphere. What I've seen of Stalker 2 doesn't make it look like it's all that different from the first Stalker. No, it's definitely still that kind of, I mean, I guess you'd call it an immersive sim if you yeah. were someone I never want to talk to. But like, <laughs> and look, funny. I played Stalker. It's very, I, I do like it, but like you got to mod the hell out of it to fix a bunch of stuff and make some things work a little better. And Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, you really got to want to play it. It's a grimy first person shooter. Yeah. Um, with a lot of atmosphere. It's not like your Call of Duty run and gun no, style I would, shooter. I would say it's, uh, the Thinking Man's Metro 2033. Yeah. Metro 2033 is probably the best analog to compare mm-hmm. it to, I would say. Um, it just has that Eastern European bleakness that yep. no one else can really capture the right way. <laughs> Lots of grays, reds, browns. Well, you can see it for yourself. Yeah. Only on Game Face. Why are we the only podcast that shows footage of games? Why is that? I don't know. It takes effort, I guess. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's, I mean, it does suck. But most of these places have, like, huge teams of people. That yes, can part of be- it is I think most people just listen to it. Yeah. So I guess. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of them just decide it's not worth it. I guess so. Uh, next up. A game that I'm really excited about, but it has no release date, and that is Redfall, coming from Arcane. Is this oh, from this Arcane Leone? Yeah, that sounds right. Um, or oh. no, no, Deathloop was Arcane Leone. Oh, Bethesda. Yeah, it is Arcane though. It's Arcane. Yeah, but I don't know which one it is. Maybe it's Arcane proper, like their big Austin. studio, Austin. Okay. Um, this is a asymmetric shooter with vampires, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, a lot of you guys really like Deathloop. It was game of the year for a lot of you. Arcane has never made a bad game, as far as I'm aware of, regardless of which studio it is. Well, I, I, w- I would call some of them. Well, you didn't like Deathloop. Yeah, so. I didn't like Deathloop. I didn't <laughs> particularly care for... I don't call Dishonored one two bad games. I didn't particularly care for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of Dishonored, but I don't think there's any denying that they were high quality. Same yeah. with Prey. Like, they're an acquired taste sometimes, their games, but I feel like this one is not going to be that way. <laughs> I don't think Redfall is going to be one of these kind of niche acquired taste style games. I think it's going to appeal to a much wider audience than a lot we, of arcane games. I feel like we games. say that about every arcane game. 
Do we? Yeah. Well, we don't, maybe, but other people do. Yeah. Um, Feels like they've been trying to make that game you're talking about yeah. for like four, four or five games now. This is also my trailer of the year for 2021, yeah. by the way. My favorite trailer. I don't of think the year. this is coming out this year. Yep. Jose Holiday, thank you for the bits. Oh, I love it. 100, 100 bits for the B roll effort. Awesome, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's great, man. Who says it doesn't pay to have B roll in your podcast? Um, but anyway, uh, I'm really excited for Redfall uh, because one thing Arcane does is it always finds unique ways to play the game. There's always yeah. some if not unique, unique ways to twist. display the life bar. Yeah, sometimes you don't like it. One more it. 45 degree angle life <laughs> bar, guys, and I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, sometimes you don't like what they do with the gameplay, uh, but you always can count on them doing something different and yeah. unique. And uh, I'm all about that, so I'm really that was kind of part of my problem it. with uh, I think uh, Deathloop was that they didn't do that. Yeah, I think like part of the, the gameplay dis- itself. You're yeah, right. Part of the disappointment rote. for me on Deathloop was that I was expecting it to kind of be a bit of a clockwork puzzle sort of thing, uh-huh. like almost like Hitman. You know, yeah. like like things. That, it took me like a while to realize, like, oh, this game's totally stat. Like, yeah. Things aren't happening when you jump back in and like you have to catch a guy before he gets to this point. In no, the it didn't work. No, that it's way. just everyone cycles yeah. through the same. Sh- like, there is no actual time looping while you're playing the game. That's true. Yeah. It all happens off screen. Yeah. Which rem- I remain baffled why people call that game innovative. Yeah. It's not. Like Braid did more with time travel and time. I would back agree with that. Like it's there's no time looping in Death Loop. Yeah. It's all menus. <laughs> It's Funny. weird, like because I was expecting it to be like uh, Outer Wilds, right, or something. You uh-huh. know, like oh, I got to get here before this guy gets over here. Or this is gonna, and I got to yep. figure something, and it just didn't happen. Yep. I don't. I that, I'm baffled by that game's reception. Well, there is one game for Xbox and PC next year that we do have a date for, and that I am exceedingly excited for, and we can probably all say it together: mm-hmm. Starfield. Yeah. And that is, I mean it. It's right in the trailer. Because you know they're 11. releasing this one whether it's done or not. <laughs> yeah. This one's coming out. It's The release date is in the trailer, yeah. November Maybe you 11th. don't want it that day, but it's coming that day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you may not want to play it on that day. Well, if you have Game Pass, it won't cost you anything. <clears throat> yeah. And it'll be on Game Pass, so no skin off your ass. Uh, but it is coming November 11th, 2022. Obviously, that's a long ways away. It's at the end of the year. And would you be surprised if this game is delayed out of the year, Matt? Despite I don't think, the fact that the release date's no, in the trailer. I don't trailer. think it will be. I think, they yeah. will, I think they'll launch it broken. Hell or high water, you think they'll yeah. release it. Okay. Um, <laughs> that could be really bad. But could we'll, be. We'll but see. Uh, but you got to be sure before you put that, that date in that trailer rendered in CG for everyone to see. Forever. Yeah. Um, and again, we... This is the only, It's actually the only game. Stalker 2 now is just fall, so we don't even have a hard date for that. So Starfield is the only Xbox exclusive we have a hard release date for. Mm-hmm. And it's a good one to have a hard release date for because it should be really awesome. It's really the next Elder Scrolls, let's just be honest. They just didn't want to put that name on it because it's set in a sci-fi world. Yeah, they want it's it's a, it's their third pillar basically. Yeah. Yep. They want fall, to have Fallout, Elder Scrolls and Starfield. Yep. I'm really excited about it. I think you guys probably are too, but unfortunately it is really the only really exciting um, Xbox exclusive that has a hard release date for 2022. That's just the facts. That's all there is. Um, we'll start going through some of these other games that have been announced, but we don't know anything about what's happening with them right now. Uh, the new Forza Motorsport was also shown at the debut of Xbox Series X. Haven't heard a peep about it since. Um, yeah, it's in there, out there somewhere. You think it's coming this year? I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. Like, I would I don't... say 50-50 on that, probably. Yeah, I don't... 
I don't know. I don't know if it matters. You don't think people care because of I mean the force of, fans, force of fans do. The only reason I can think to really get this thing out the door this year is to show that you you're still sort of trying to compete with Gran Turismo. Yeah. Because Gran Turismo's out this year. Right. Or just to keep people engaged with your platform because yeah. I'll, I'll just be honest with you. We only got like three more games to talk about. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the release calendar for Xbox exclusives this year is very slim. Yeah, well, I think they're waiting to see like what's going to be ready. You know, like it's they've got a ton of stuff in the pipeline, but you know, chances are most of it's not going to be ready for twenty twenty. Because the games are ambitious. Games are ambitious, and they you know they they bought these companies, and the, you know there's a transition period with that. Like it takes a while. You know, you got to get things up and running. Uh, work from home, pandemic, you know, there's a lot of reasons stuff is going to fall behind. Yeah. It's the point. lower third is like gaining steam because they are, they're still building this portfolio of studios and this portfolio of games. And they're just not going to be ready for this year. Mm-hmm. They're just not. This, I think, will be the last year like this for Xbox. Mm-hmm. It should be. Yeah. For, I mean, Forza could make it this year. Um, yeah, they need it to. It could make it in a bare bones form. Like yeah, it could be something like, kind of like what Gran Turismo used to do, where, where they launch, they like keep the, adding stuff onto yeah. it as time goes on. I can see that totally. Um, next up, Hellblade Two. That was just shown at the Game Awards. I was pretty impressed by what they showed. Um, I think they pretty much already said this isn't coming this year. No. Which what the hell? Like what the know. Hellblade? Like why isn't this game all done by now? It, fe- it feels like it should be, but it is like. What do they call it? A triple A indie game. Yeah, they have a small team. Also, like what they showed in this trailer, like they're kind of reinventing some things here. Like Mm -hmm. you know, they're they're not just making Hellblade two. They're not just making another Hellblade. They are doing something different. With this is gonna be a very different game. So they got to figure out what it is. Yeah. So it's and you know who knows? Like it's so weird. It is weird. Yeah, but I'm excited for it. One thing, yeah, one thing's for sure. It looks like whatever they've end up finishing and making is going to be worth it because it you know there's stuff in here that just doesn't look like anything else i've seen absolutely yeah and i know people are arguing over whether this is gameplay or not like it is it's it's definitely yeah just the way it's going to be it's not going to be this crazy like camera over the shoulder at all times the first game game. wasn't like that either there was a lot of gameplay stuff that was was there's a lot of points where i was like oh i'm in control i'm playing yeah yeah like i would my character would just stand still for a couple seconds before i'd realize i had control and I feel like it's, this is going to be you the same You know who I'd way. like to take over? Um, Star Wars Eclipse? These uh, guys. Ninja Theory. I would have Ninja Theory doing that. that not that a bad call. Not going to happen. No, not going to happen. That would be an Xbox, <laughs> or Xbox exclusive on PC. But like, yeah. something closer to what this is, is because I feel like this sort of format, especially what they're trying to do here, is sort of um, like what a game like Quantic Dream makes should be, yeah. Like as opposed to sort of, you know, Quantic Dream is sort of mired in that, like. Well, it's like the old design, old, old for design narrative of a, of a narrative game, yeah. yeah. Whereas this is more dynamic and yep. kind of does the story and puts you in those in that place without um, limiting what you're doing. Yep. Uh, and I think that is the uh, angle to take, and that is one of the creepiest damn things in any game footage of the last year. I'm excited for this game. But I don't think we're playing it this year. Probably not. Yep. I would be surprised. Yep. Next up, Scorn, another game that was shown at the debut of Xbox Series X. We haven't really seen anything from it since. Right now, they do say it's tentatively scheduled for October, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. But this game isn't going to drive a lot of eyeballs. Like no, this, this is, is a... this is Game Pass all the way. Yeah, well, this, is, <laughs> this is like just not a mainstream thing. It's like H.R. Geiger. He's he's not mainstream, and this game will never be mainstream either because it's the same. Art style is the same, really mm-hmm. kind of depraved horror. I mean, I'm into it. Yeah, me too. Like, and I'll play it on Game Pass. 
I would not probably buy this for full price. But yeah, it kind of depends what it ends up being. It's got a little bit of the Aliens vibe to it. But, yeah, this game has been languishing for a while. No one really knows what it how it's going to play. Mm-hmm. It's just very creepy. Um, Where's that's my Dark sure. Seed collection? Yeah. Everybody. But right now it's scheduled for October, which, uh, if you've been watching this trailer, you can understand why. Halloween month. Yeah. Uh, next up, Crossfire X, which is a crazy kind of first-person shooter mixed with like Korean cinema. Yeah, wasn't this like the most popular game in Korea for a while? Yeah. Or like yeah, or the most played game in South Korea. Yep. Um but that game's not going to move the needle either. And, and then, then putting, who is it? They're putting the, some western companies doing the campaign for this, right? Right. Yeah. I don't have high hopes for it, but it is what know. it is. And then finally, the big X factor avowed. Uh, this to me like There's no way this is this really year. not a chance. So what are people going to play on their Xboxes this year, Matt? Well, hopefully Starfield, but that's late. That's November. Um, a lot of third-party stuff. It's like last year. I mean, I played a bunch of exclusives on Xbox last year. Really good ones that I really enjoyed. What? Well, you had Psychonauts. You had Forza Horizon 5. You had Halo Infinite. Psychonauts was an exclusive. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I always forget that. Yeah, that it was actually released for other played stuff. played Forza Horizon 5 and Halo, and that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I mean, there was a smaller indie stuff that were exclusives, but there was only a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess maybe last year wasn't as great as we thought other than Game Pass. But it's taken a while for Microsoft to get all these studios pumping out games. Yeah. And based upon what we've seen here, like, I think Xbox might get his butt kicked hard this year um, well it's got competition this you know like yeah. it, it did real well last year i mean it didn't have any more exclusives really <clears throat> last year but it was just you, it, it, there was no uh playstation exclusive lineup to really highlight that. to draw away from it yeah and so, game pass was a big story yeah and game pass was great and it's going to be great in 2022 let's be honest let's be honest it's still going to be a great year on game pass um but i mean when i start thinking about okay you know right now Anecdotally, most people are saying PlayStation 5, and it's not even anecdotally because Pactor has told me this from MPD reports. But basically, the PlayStation 5 is outselling the Xbox like two to one, essentially. Mm-hmm. I could see that jumping. Imagine if there was enough PlayStation 5s to go around. Right. And I imagine that this year it's that's going to get even worse and more dire for Microsoft because of the lineup that Sony has. I mean, Uncharted, Sifu, Horizon Forbidden West, Babylon's Fall, Gran Turismo 5, Forspoken... Maybe Final Fantasy, God of War, Ghostwire, Little Do- That's a, an imposing lineup, and we still don't know everything. So Microsoft has its work cut out for it this year. I think, again, after this year, I feel like all these studios are going to start getting on a schedule where you, you're going to have a consistent flow of exclusives for Xbox, but this is just kind of the last year uh, where they're going to kind of lag behind. So there you go. That's the big three preview for 2022 again next week we'll do third party stuff and we'll do pc uh to complete our preview of the year to come and now it's time for name that game and get rid of the graphics here this i believe is going to be the easiest one we've ever done (laughs) i'm not kidding so you guys better be ready with your responses because i have a feeling matt might get this one on the very first clue uh, if you've never played Name That Game, I'm going to give you a series of five or six clues, depending on how my brain is functioning early on a Tuesday morning. 
uh, for each one, and your job is to just guess the name that I'm hint or guess oh. the game that I'm hinting at. Um, and you're probably sitting there saying, "Well, Matt's sitting there. You are playing against him. You need to beat Matt. And if you do, you'll get a pack of sifted stickers that will send to you anywhere in the world." Um, and you may be saying, "Well, Matt has the advantage because he's sitting there." Not really. We give you guys the benefit of the doubt. So he's only Matt, won twice. He's only won twice. That's right. Out of ten or eight times, at least. Yeah. Um, so Matt usually doesn't win. You guys have the advantage of using Google and the internet. And I'll say this, Matt: if you want to bring in a laptop, totally fine. Yeah. I'm not. You can do that if you want to. Um, but generally, you guys have the advantage of having Google and the internet. Matt's just Better sitting here with his wits about him, which are quite formidable, I would add. But he. Um, <laughs> He doesn't have Google or the internet, so you have an advantage. Also, if he says the name of the game first, and I look over in the chat, I'll give you guys a couple beats, and then I, if you, if it comes in in those couple beats, you guys will still win. Oh man, hype train, it's close. I thought we already hit it though. We did, but it resets. No, oh, we've almost hit it twice. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you guys. That's incredible. Uh, that's great. Um, okay. We're ready for name that game. And again, and I'll bring up the the chat here so everybody can see it. He's watching from home. Again, five or six clues. Just guess the name of the game that I'm hinting at. Are you guys ready? You guys got to chill out and chat and get ready. Also, if you've never, if you've already won, don't play again. Let somebody win who hasn't won before. Um, and I know some people will be like, well, "I'll just give the stickers to somebody else. Let them win it." Let them feel the, the, the rush of victory by beating Matt at this because uh, Matt is a tough competitor and it's something worth celebrating. People are already guessing game names. Mar Paper Mario <laughs> Sticker Star, Half-Life 3. <laughs> All right, here we go. The first clue. And again, this is an easy one, so get ready, guys. A response to Nintendo's Golden Goose. Sonic the Hedgehog. Nope. No. No. A response to Nintendo's Golden Goose. Hi, Mom. Nope, no, that's not it. Sonic, nope. Matt guessed that as well. PlayStation All-Stars, no, that's a good one. That is a good, good guess. guess, but that's not right. Time Splitters, no. Crash Bandicoot, no. Ominous Clouds, no. Billy Hatcher, no. Blinks. <laughs> Blinks. <laughs> Blinks. <laughs> that's awesome. Blinks and Time Sweeper, no. Spyro, no. Phoenix Rising, no. Crash, no. Astro's Playroom, no. Crash Team Racing, no. Nope. All right. Horizon Zero Dawn, no. Someone already guessed Spyro, no. We'll go to clear clue two. Clue number two. If Metal Gear Solid had a brother who couldn't get into college. <laughs> if Metal Gear Solid had a brother who couldn't get into college. In the first clue, a response to Nintendo's Golden Goose. Uh, people said Crash already, PlayStation Move, no. Splin <laughs> Splinter Cell, no. <laughs> Sly Cooper, no. Ominous Clouds, what is that? I don't know. <laughs> Congrim Fallout, guys. I think you're trying to say Fall Guys, but no. Sly Cooper, no. Someone already gets Sly Cooper. Wow. Okay, we may get to the third clue on this, and I'm surprised. There it is. Mega Drive guy got it. Siphon Sly Filter. I don't, what's Golden? Eh, I need to explain that first clue. Okay, a response to Nintendo's Golden Goose. GoldenEye. It was it was literally their response to Goldeneye. Them trying to offset the popularity of Goldeneye. Was it? Yeah. They didn't do a very good job. Well, because Goldeneye <laughs> was a juggernaut. Also, Siphon Filter sucks. Well, yeah. 
And thus, if Metal Gear Solid had a brother who couldn't get into college, he's like the dumb Solid Snake, Gabe. Uh, the last three clues were, and these would have definitely given it away. Um, you could use it to replace a part in your car. And then the next one was, you could also use it to steal gas from someone else's car mm. <laughs> for siphon and filter. Yeah. And then the final clue was the lead character could have started his own online video game marketplace. Gabe Newell. Lead character was named mm. Gabe. And I, all you needed was Gabe there because if you would have Googled, Googled Gabe and video games, you would have got Gaben and you would have got siphon filter. So I do go and like use Google to see what you guys are going to get when you put it in there. So there you go. Um, where'd he go? Mega Drive Guy. Congratulations. Here is your round of applause for beating Matt at Name That Game. Send us a message either here on Twitch. Um, you can send us a DM here. You can send us a message on our Patreon at patreon.com slash sifted. Um, you can reach out to me on Twitter at dinfire. Um, you can just at me, send me a DM on sifted at Shane. However you want to do it, make sure you send us your real name and your full name and your full address. Um, and if you're overseas in Europe, make sure you include all that important stuff like province. Always include your zip code. I need the whole thing. Do not forget it could throw everything into chaos if you do not provide all that information. Um, okay, I think we have a little bit of time for Q&A. Let me take a look here. Yep, we got about five or ten minutes to do some Q&A. So get your questions in right now into the chat, at Sifted Games. And we'll get to a couple before we head out here, um, for, before we head out to pasture ourselves. Um, let's see what we got here. Uh, Derek D111, why do you guys think that there is no way Xbox can get a Star Wars exclusive while Sony has Spider-Man and Knights of the Old Republic? I don't think Knights of the Old Republic is going to end up being exclusive. You um, don't? No. Uh, Spider-Man is an interesting question. Part of the reason I think they got Spider-Man, is be- Sony got Spider-Man, is because uh, I think Marvel recognized that only Insomniac could do that game right. Um, also, Sony is probably willing to front the money for it. Yep. Um, more likely. I think reason. Lucasfilm in general seems to want uh, Star Wars games to be more broad in terms of accessibility. Um, yeah, and also it seems like Microsoft's method of getting exclusives is to buy the company. So that's probably <laughs> not how that's going to roll. They don't even money hat anymore. They just buy the company. Yeah. That's interesting. Um Swanland, did the winners from before ever reach out for the game codes for Name That Game? Wanted to make sure there wasn't any issue with it. We already gave away one of your game codes, Swanland. Um, So, yes, they do reach out. Um, Every winner has reached out. We've never had a winner not reach out. Um, The last winner, I have not sent the stickers to yet, Um, which is probably why you're wondering why I didn't ask you for the other code or whatever. But you've already sent me all the codes. So, yeah, people are getting the codes. Um, And, again... Thanks, Swanland. He gave away free game codes to give you guys for Name That Game. I think there's, after this week, there will be one or two more left. Um, and then you just get the boring stickers after that. But the last two folks and the next two folks will get the stickers and a game code, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And again, thanks, Swanland, for that. And um, follow up with Nolan Elric. The Spider Man game exclusivity has nothing to do with the movies. Nothing yeah, to do with it's the a movie. different license. Exclusive. No, completely yeah. different companies. Yeah. Really. Um. Next level, shh. When you're here for next week, go always go at Sifted Games because otherwise we would normally overlook your question, but I just happen to see it. But for next week, you can see the other people who are going at Sifted Games. It's easier for us to pick out the questions. Um, so from next level, shh. 
When do you think God of War Ragnarok, Ragnarok will release? Is April 2022 realistic? Not remotely. No, I don't think it is realistic. You're looking at fall. Yeah. October, November. Yeah, my guess is it's a Q4 game. It makes sense. You want to put the game out when everyone's spending money on games. It's been a four-year yeah, and they development don't need to cannibalize investment. the sale. I mean, you don't need to put that out, out a month after uh, Gran Turismo. That doesn't make sense. I mean, it's lo- the, the PlayStation release calendar is loaded right now. Yeah. I wouldn't even be surprised if they push God of War to, like, mid to late November even um, to try to get away from some of their other games because their release schedule this year is just awesome. So, yeah, I think they'll avoid getting around that. Um, Emperor Dread, oh, the NFT question. Why do you think game companies keep pushing NFTs in games just to create an economy that they have full control over to make money? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, it. that's all it is. NFTs, are they a scam at this point, Matt? Yes. They are. Yeah. I mean, they're a pyramid scheme, basically what they are. Uh, the, the, the benefits are concentrated to the uh, upper echelons and the few that already hold a lot. And uh, the rest of it is basically grifting like you're basically trying to get people to play the lottery with them um you don't own here's the thing you don't own it like when i first heard about nfts i thought okay they're going to create one nft for the mona lisa people are going to bid on that that nft is going to be worth a billion dollars or whatever it would be worth and that's Mm -hmm. it and the one person who owns that NFT owns the digital rights to the Mona Lisa. And if somebody uses it commercially, they have to pay you rights for it. Like, I thought it was an investment, but it's not. I mean, that's kind of like the, the narrative they want you to believe, but it doesn't, but it's not, it doesn't, doesn't work that, that way. Well, yeah. because there's no enforcement. Like, no one yeah. can enforce that you own the rights. Right. Or whatever. Everyone can make copies of the image however much they want. It's like if you went, it's the, the, the analogy I've seen is like, it's like you went to the Louvre and you looked at the Mona Lisa and someone came over and said, um... I'll sell you that for like a million dollars and you paid them a million dollars and they gave you a receipt for it. And you said, well, wait, where's the, my Mona Lisa? It's like, oh, it's still going to stay pro- here. The, the proof <laughs> that you own that is in that closet over there. I got to go. Right. And that's basically it. Yeah. Like, and there's nothing you can do to, you know, I, my favorite thing so right now is, are people like posting about how someone stole all their NFTs because they hacked them or whatever. And like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, look, there's no, you well, lost nothing, <laughs> but they did lose, they lost a ton because they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars right, on it. Right. But I'm saying when they stole the NFTs, they didn't lose anything of value because there's no value. Right. But they think there is. Right. Because they put, they paid for it. Yeah. But that's kind of what you're looking at right now is yeah. like nfts like money only have value if we all agree that those nfts are valuable yeah so you have to continually convince people that they're valuable or else they're not worth anything yeah. and that's kind of the problem isn't it yeah like no one cares about your fucking ape <laughs> like it's- and when they get stolen and things like that happen and they're like oh my god it's like yeah that's there's de- there's no regulation on it so no one can enforce anything so you're screwed yeah like that's Stay away from NFTs. That's why there. That's why there's a Federal Reserve, people. Yeah. Like it's it's yeah. why, you know. It's also why Sega just bailed on its entire NFT plan this right. week because fans were like, "Dude, this is garbage." Nobody wants it. It's a scam. You want to talk about a solution in search of a problem? This is this yeah. is even dumber than game than than the Stadia. <laughs> yeah, don't don't buy NFTs, people. Just don't do it. I know it's the big catchphrase and everything. It's really, I, I struggle to call it a scam, but it's kind of a scam. I mean, I think like a like a pyramid scheme is more, yeah. you know, ac- which you know, is a like, scam. It is a scam, but it's like <laughs> like there's there's it's like you know people. It's like how people say that like Star Citizen's a scam, and it's like, yeah. is it a scam in the sense that nothing exists? No, because you yeah. can play the alpha and you do the. Is it a scam in the sense that like you're probably never going to get the thing you paid for? It's not what you're being sold. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I call it a scam so much as like 
a bad buying decision. Yeah. You know, like it's got to. Because technically you're getting what you're told you were getting, but, you know, buyer beware. You know, yeah. th- that's sort of where you are with I will that. never buy an NFT. No, Just NFT stuff you know, is not. I will never buy one. Um, and Ubisoft needs to back off that shit now. Yep. Absolutely. And that Square. We're going to figure it that out. letter from Square was like. And I, the letter from Square is like president or whoever was funny because I saw people was like, oh my God, what's happening to Square? This I'm like, the Square you're talking about has not existed since the PS1. Yeah. Like, I don't since know. Since when what, they were called Square. Yeah. And not Square Enix. Yeah. The. <laughs> I don't know what you thought happened between Final Fantasy X and now, but uh, the only thing that's out right now that reminds me of the classic Square is Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. And that's mostly because they were left alone to do their own thing, and then they accidentally got so popular they had to stop selling the game. Yeah. Which is bizarre. It is. But congratulations to them for turning that shit around. Yeah. That's Uh, a long way to come from a game that was so bad they had to pull it down and remake it from the ground up. Yeah. It's amazing. Good job. Yep, absolutely. Um, Arigato's son, I see you're in here saying, um, I won a few weeks ago and uh, haven't heard since. You're the person I was talking about, the last person who won, who I have not sent the stickers or the code to. I will do that as soon as I get home tonight. You won, and then literally Christmas Rush just came on, and it just I didn't have time to get the stuff out to you before I left for the holiday break, but I'll handle that today. Um, and one more question here before we got to go. Well, actually, actually, two. Noob Taylor, is there any chance in heck... I like your politeness. I can watch higher quality versions of the old GT retrospective videos. Um, it's a pity, I think you're trying to say, to try and find them. I don't it's know a, it's a pain in the ass. Oh, a pain okay. in the ass. I've never seen that uh, before. It's a pita to try and find them from the official GT channel, and even then they're really low quality. Do the files even exist? They do. The files, oh, man. Well, I wasn't there when they dumped the whole library. Before I left, I got a reel made with a lot of the stuff that I had worked on and stuff that I had created there. But I don't know what they ended up doing with the final archives of that stuff. But I know for a fact there are, at the very least, 720p versions of every retrospective. And for some of the later ones, there's 1080p versions as well. So the files are out there somewhere. They should have given those all to IGN when IGN bought the rights to Game Trailer's content. So it just could be that IGN just hasn't got around to uploading the higher res versions of them. I don't know. Um, But if you want to know what's going on with that, you should probably reach out to someone from IGN on Twitter, maybe even like Pear, honestly, Uh, because I know he had something to do with the whole acquisition of GT stuff. But that's all up to IGN. I know that everything we did at Game Trailers has at least a 720p archive. So they're there. I don't know if they lost the files before they gave them to IGN and all they gave IGN was SD stuff, but there were 720p files for every single thing we ever did there. So that's the best I can tell you. Um, one more question. Do, do, do. Will you play Elden Ring? Yes. Yeah. And Matt, Matt definitely will. Kind of have to. And we, I will as well. I don't know how long I'll stick with it, but I will definitely play it. And one more. OCD Master 1, how can Zynga cost more than Bethesda? <laughs> I don't know. Fine, a fine question. I really have no idea why they paid that much for Zynga. Mm-mm. Like Farmville, whatever, like it can't be worth that much money. I mean, Zynga hasn't really had a hardcore mobile hit in like forever. So I really have no idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. 
it is they way overpaid for Zinga, in my opinion. I'm sure we'll ask Pactor about this, and he'll give us some crazy rationale for why they were worth more than that. But to me, outwardly, I'm not a big mobile gamer. I don't know a ton about mobile gaming. It does seem like a huge overpay. So, all right, we have to cut it there. Um, thanks to everybody. You guys dropped Twitch Prime like the rain during this show. Um, tons of bits. Good to be back. Good to be back doing the show again. Um, it was way too long of a layoff and way too many crazy things have happened since the last time I saw everybody. It's good to be back in the saddle. Good to be doing the show again. Um, we will be back next Tuesday. We'll be doing Matt and I's Fantasy Draft. We'll be kicking off the Fantasy Challenge. So if you're into doing that again, you might want to start poking around, looking at some of the games um, to figure out what you want to put on your team. Um, we'll be doing the final previews for 2022, third party and PC stuff. Um, and there should be at least a game or two for us to talk about next week. I think I'll maybe get a little bit further into the gunk. Maybe we'll talk about that next week as well. Um, but the end of January has a ton of really big games that we'll be talking about here on Game Face. Um, if you're listening to this show on any of the podcast services, and we're on all of them, um, head to patreon.com slash sifted, S-I-F-T-D, and drop us a pledge if you like what we're doing. That would be awesome. If you can't afford to help us, if you're on YouTube, you can only subscribe via Twitch Prime, and the, the uh, instructions are down in the description below. Um, if you can't do any of that, at the very least, share the show, review the show on your favorite podcast app. That holds a lot of value for us. Um, share it on social media, share it on Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Tell people how much you love it. Um, try to target it towards your gamer friends. That's always a good way to help grow the show and help us if you don't have any cash. Um, so anyway, on behalf of Matt, I'm Shane. We'll be back next week, same place, same time, at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. Game face is up and out. Oh, 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 oh,